music's a powerful, uh, uh, a powerful thing. It's a, a universal language. 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 It's the Language Podcast, episode 27, I believe. If I'm wrong, then sue me. Um, alongside me, I've got Photofella in the building and also a very special guest, Mr. Joe Walker. It's going on. Thanks for having me on. Uh, anytime, bro. Anytime. Literally, anytime you want to come on, just let us know and we'll okay. make space for you. Cool. Well, I know it's, I know it's been a, this is a lot closer than I thought it would be traveling here. So it wasn't too bad. In there. Yeah. Yeah. See, I had a feeling that Joe was a South native as well, like maybe because he just works at rep, but 
Um, yeah, so where whereabouts are you from? Um, I live in a place called Annerley at the moment, which is like South Norwood, Bromley border. Before then, I grew up in Fortin Heath. Um, but yeah, mo- mo- what I would consider home is like South Norwood, Penge, yeah. Crystal Palace. That's and, okay. Yeah, you kind of oh, the, you kind of on the outskirts of like what I would call the ends for me. Yes. but like either way, you're close enough. Um, so yeah, great to have you. Yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah. I wouldn't say I'd, where, I, where I'd live is is ends. I think. No, but, but anywhere from, you live is ends for you. Like. Yeah, yeah, but the, I know what you mean. But like, um, in terms of my connection and where I come in to, mm. to say music, for example, yeah. school is everyone is from Lewisham and Catford. Like, like, that, like that is a bit more widespread, and that's okay. where you start to come into contact with all this, all the, the interesting shit that, that like drives me today to this day. Very interesting. Actually, that's a, that, that's an interesting topic now, now that I think about it. Cause like, when I was in school, like pretty much at every part of school, I might've been, maybe not primary school, but secondary school, I might've been like one of like two, three people that, that lived in Streatham. Right. Um, come to terms with like who I was around that kind of influenced me to this kind of shit that I was doing today. That was more college and that like, nobody again was like from where I was from. Right. But like again, it was it's really interesting meeting like different people from different walks of lives, different minds, because obviously the ends do shape you. Yeah, it was eye opening. Like so, being from Fortin Heath initially yeah. and going to school in South Norwood, that was very like you know the the, the sort of people who you associate with Croydon now, <laughs> like that it was that that was how it was then as well. And and then I went, I was because I I moved halfway through school. I went to it's only like. A fucking a 10 minute walk down the road but it was a new borough different borough Bromley borough sounds so different to Croydon yeah and it is for the most part but so everyone I went primary school with went to schools in Croydon and then I went to this place where it was just suddenly a lot whiter and a lot like but then it was like the school was like cut 50-50 down the middle mm. where it was everyone that was from Lewisham and Downham and all these places it was that it kind of was the mix and much more yeah but there was way more kind of Beckenham and middle class people there okay. too Lucian is a very interesting breeding ground for talent and creativity mm. I think that whole area like the blue state they've given us quite a lot that a lot of people don't actually know about so it's, that's quite interesting uh, fellas you have anything to add on no nah, Blue Bar's got a mad rich history though the, the list is long from people yeah. that have come out of Blue Bar yeah. to be honest across many genres very interesting mm. Um, okay, so the first song I want to talk about today is um, a song that dropped. I think it might have actually dropped today, um, or was it last night? I don't know. D Power featuring um, featuring Skepta. Um, the song is called Sniper. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you guys think of it? Cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really enjoyed it first listen. Yeah, it, um, I knew immediately from well, D Power is someone that holds that kind of weight amongst crime artists, even if he. There's a lot of Skepta fans who might not know who he is at yeah. this point because it's been that long. But Deep Hour is a legend, not necessarily always for his music, but he's like, because of his role in what Deja Vu was as a radio station, he can call on a Skepta. Okay. Not not every day, but he can say like, I've got a tune that I think I want you on. Yeah. And Skepta's going to think about it and, and maybe try and get on it because he, a lot of people feel that kind of affiliation to him or that kind of like debt to him because mm. he's a, he's a legend in his own right and sometimes I worry when someone like that I, I'm concerned that oh cool they've got the reputation where they get it but are they going to make the most of that opportunity are they is Deep Power going to deliver on that tune yeah. and I think he does I think he D 
depowered is being depowered on his tune. I think he sounds sick. Very interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of I kind of agree with you there in the sense that um, like I I'm a perfect example of what you said that I don't really know the most about depower. Me as well. However, like just even from listening to what they're saying on the song, I'm I was starting to get a bit of a picture of the history. Yeah. Just speaking about deja vu and that everything that he, he did to kind of put Skeptor on. I'm guessing that was that might mean that might have been like his first show DJing. I, I, I couldn't tell you that personally myself. I couldn't tell you the, the, the timeline in terms of where them two meet. Yeah. Um, but either way, he helped you. He's, he's part of the yeah. timeline of Skeptor's growth. That was, yeah, um, that was one of that was one of the stations that you want to get you wanted to get on in yeah. that period. I think if yeah. you yeah if you knew the sound, Skeptor might have yeah he might have been earlier on onto like maybe an axe something closer to, to okay. north whatever okay, initially, okay. but um, yeah. But Deep Power like all that uh, why. Uh, uh, Dizzy and Wiley on the roof. That's the roof of Deja. Mm-hmm. Okay, and like that's that was the station that was the the hub of it, where other places maybe weren't welcome in at one particular time. There was periods where Rince didn't have MCs on because they banned all them because it was just too much like trouble or baiting okay. up where the studio was. But Deja was always like Deja is home. Like mm. this is where you want to come and be for that sound at the time. And so Deep Power will always be held in reverence just for that, even outside of his music. But he still was like a, there's occasional like Channel U classics that you forget he's on and stuff like that. Mm. But um, yeah, he's a, he's an elder statesman for sure. That is always trying to, which I do respect. There's a lot of elder statesmen in Graham who are um, without even, there's maybe some entitlement that comes with that. He's never really had that. He sometimes gets frustrated with how Graham's spoken about, but he'll always kind of put his money where his mouth is. So I think, I think he's even trying to buy out the building that Deja was on before it got repossessed and rebuilt or something else. I think he's even trying to get that back so he can reinstate that and start a thing. I think he was inspired by the start of the year while he was on that Back to the Village talk, Mm -hmm. um, which may be a bit more difficult now. But he's um, (laughs) Deep Power's like, yeah, I'm right behind you. Let me know what I can do and I'll try and invest in it. Um, And he does that. And I think he's a lot louder at doing that than I think a lot of other people we'd assume as legends or vets do mm. i don't know if that's a resource thing or he's just someone that if your whole if your if, if your experience is like right well, I, I was like running a radio station for x amount of time he's maybe a bit more wired to be like right how can i help yeah more yeah. than about right how's this helping me all right so wait let's just let's focus on the song for yes, a yes 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 so you, you said you said that um you think that he kind of that did what you had to do on the song he didn't get out of shine, and shine yeah, in any yeah. kind of way like what did you agree with that fella um Skepta's got the stronger verse for me. If we're, yeah. if we're getting if we're getting into that comparison, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah I think, I'll, yeah, I wouldn't say that. But he didn't. To be fair though, for someone that has never heard this guy, I can't lie mm. to you. It's the first time I'm hearing his name. Like, yeah, he he, he it wasn't like oh, because I was thinking who is this. But at the end of it, I was like, okay, so, someone that can spit, someone that can put words together. Like, I did not do Skepta. I do love Skepta for staying with one though. Whatever music Skepta's made, and he's made a bit throughout his career, mm. he's always fed you at least a couple grand verses. Like, yeah. and I like that Skepta stays in this pocket. He, consistently and time. does it to a very high standard yeah really really high standard he, yeah, he ain't lost a step I was thinking when I heard the song like Skepta went first I wasn't sure if that was the best or the worst idea that because mm. um, Skepta's intro to that was very strong it yeah. made it kicked off the song to, for me I was instantly involved um, after that I don't know how much of a chance D, um, D- Diesel had Deep Power Deep Power D- yeah Deep Power Diesel it's like it's like there's like two aliases that he's just put into one now That's he's true. so difficult to find on any like streaming thing or iTunes because sometimes it was deep power like with no no spaces sometimes deep power of a dash sometimes deep power diesel but he spells diesel wrong as well like it's just <laughs> the whole thing is like a nightmare in terms of trying to make bread What's yeah going on? yeah <laughs> but um yeah 
you're right. I, I think about that all the time, especially when I think, oh, I know they're getting a big feature. Yeah. Sometimes that resistance to like, right, don't, if you, if, if someone, if you get this diverse back or whatever and they didn't record it with you and they are at the start of it, you maybe not, maybe you don't feel in a position to go like, nah, let me, let me move them or something. Mm-hmm. I thought about that with the Hedy One and Drake thing. I thought there's a lot of people that will just, if you're, if you're, if it's a mixed show and a DJ's bring that in, they might cut it off before Hedy gets on. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, true. But at the same time though, I was going to say with, with this song, for example, like when anyway, when this verse is really strong, you find people cutting halfway through songs too mm. sometimes. Some yeah. people, some people, some people verses get selected even though they're halfway through the song. You're right. See, that, that's potential for that yeah. as well. I think here that that's probably most likely to happen with the heady with the heady comparison. Yeah. I think in the UK maybe that heady goes on. Straight. Yeah, people cut straight to heady. Yeah, yeah, because Drake's verse was very long, also. Yeah, yeah, well. um, we, yeah. It's deliberate day. Obviously, won't focus on it, but it was deliberate day that was a build as a freestyle. I think so that we okay. didn't maybe because I was like maybe I'm being harsh there thinking that because it's just two people going back to back. There's no like f- there's not a f- song frame here. Yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. I wonder how that song came about. Do you think well, I was going to say that do you think um, Drake sent Heady the beat until I've already got this made kind of thing, jump on it. And I'm giving it to you because he's done that before with a few people, I think. He um, did it with um, Lil Baby, I think. Um, yeah, do you, do, you reckon, do you reckon that's how it went down? Or do you think um, Heady, because it's actually Heady's song. So do you think Heady came with this song and said, Drake, I need a verse from you? I it's interesting. Because you, you, let's say, uh, what was it, Dark Lane demo tapes? There's a couple of like British guys on there. There's a, you could, it could even be like, he's, he's done, sent out the call to... Axel and everyone on the beat and all yeah. the people have been like, right, what's your what's your a what's your a list folder? Mm. Um, you know, don't don't send me what you would send to these people. What's what's the ones you've been saving? And there's a chance, like yeah, like Drake's gone. This one's hard, and he's gone. Oh, but I think Heady's having that one. And he's like, look, I've got a verse with Heady on it. And he's mm. like, let me hear that. And he's like, I beg you, I tell you what, I'm gonna stick <laughs> on it too. You tell Heady that he can have a Drake. Too. I don't know, maybe yeah. it's done like that, or maybe it's just simply that Heady's like, jump on this. I've already got this ready. ready. Mm. I think it's, it's. I love that we're at a point where either could be possible. Yeah, either is like super plausible. True. Which is a victory. Like none of it feels like a. I'm not one of those people that sees it as like a a beg thing or you know or people pandering to Drake too much. I feel like it's the the the, the dynamic is very healthy. That yeah. it, a lot healthier than it I've seen before in history. For sure. Some of the like. Oh, oh I've got like I guess emailed songs that like, I've done this song with Bizarre from D12. I'm like okay, like just because you just wanted to work with an American, yeah, 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 and then you can see, and they just phoned it in, mm. and they do not give a shit. No. And it could have, you could, they could have sent them any kind Shout of. Shout bizarre though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to get that bread, bro. Yeah, got to get your free bills somehow. Yeah. Shout like, shower cut massive. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I don't get that vibe with with that dynamic. I feel like Drake's super appreciative, and no. Eddie was like, "No, we could do this with this problem." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, I think anybody that Drake taps or kind of works with collaborates I think that he's done it for a reason he's re- it's, it's, it's recognition like, yeah, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? and and, and the, it's transactional as well he's doing it because you are a fire right now yeah, he loves yeah. to be he loves to be close to that and yes. take part and I, I, I don't think I think there's loads of connotations with that and I don't really yeah. care to speak on those because I think there is both there mm. are they thinking of business yeah are like is Drake interested in the music he must be I don't yeah. think a lot of people would have the stamina that he does yeah. to jump on this many songs and actually make it work it's not like Drake gets it, Drake gets it done Decently yeah. on most of these songs. Okay, so, so I don't want to be gossip girl or whatever, but <laughs> like speaking about Drake and his international love, I think he has some international smoke as well. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I did see this. <laughs> There's been a few things about that, literally that that same verse okay. where um, so like this apparently might have been shots at Mavado mm. and also shots at um, Stormzy. Mm. 
So like with Stormzy, I think even when I heard the bar about um the young boys around me, whatever like whatever like Matic shoot up some young boys, blah, 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 yeah. 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 that did kind of seem like he was. I don't know. I didn't know who he was talking when I said about. Young boys for me. I don't. I'm not sure. Talking, I don't, yeah, I don't know that. How do you, how do you see Stormzy fitting into that one? I don't know because I feel like Stormzy, when he has beef, like with a lot, with a lot of his kind of beefs, they've kind of been kind of under the radar. Like not people, a lot of people know about them. Okay. Like even like not seeing eye to eye, with get hundred percent. Not a lot of people know about that. Yeah. yeah. So like when it comes to like this Drake thing, I always wondered when the Stormzy and Drake collab was going to happen. It's it's like a cold war because he, from what I understand, there's there's been moments where let's say. Drake has come to the UK and like done like a right. I'm having this dinner at this place, and all, all every man from local is invited. And Stormzy's never shown for those kind of things. Yeah. And I think really it's just boils down. I don't think he gives a shit. I don't, I don't think it's anything does. bigger than that. Mm. But I think so, that could sometimes be taken as disrespect, particularly when you're like we look around and you're the only one that's not there. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, there has been that thing. It's noticeable that he's not been a person out of everybody that Drake has reached out to. Like, mm. oh right, he hasn't chatted the thing. And I don't know if that's a Drake's a sensitive guy, fam. Yeah, he is a sensitive guy. He's not, yeah, this is a guy that has written whole tunes about other pop stars and girls that he's pissed about. Yeah. He will happily do that, be petty to a man as well. And the, yeah, I mean, going off that note, I mean, um, there was that whole, like, um, I don't know what, what the word is, like, suspicion or whatever about Stormzy and um, George Smith. Mm. We, we all know how he feels about George Smith. Yeah. And then, like, now he has bars for Maya Jammer. Mm-hmm. He's also following Stormzy's new girlfriend randomly. It does seem a bit fishy. Do you know yeah. what? I, I, I'm down. I'm, I've heard enough. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. With this, I'm, I'm with this agenda. <laughs> Only because, you know what? Drake definitely had... Uh, someone... There's been a reach out. Yes. And, 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 and something hasn't happened. Yeah. So, and that is enough. Like, there's yeah. been some kind of disconnect somewhere yeah. there. Like, I'm I'm there. Yeah. It's, it, it, Drake's up round too much. Stormzy's too present yeah. for, it not, for it not to be anything else, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he goes like, sorry, if he goes like Stormzy, yeah, is he is he solidified in, in this, in, like, does he get his UK passport, bro? <laughs> oh, like, yeah. man, man came to clash the, the so-called king of the, of the culture. Yeah, true, 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 true. Uh, Air quotes, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's almost like, yeah, sometimes it's, it's Stormzy just the girl he can't have. <laughs> it's that same metaphor, mm-hmm. like, wow, okay. like, why ain't he, why ain't he, why ain't he want to, why ain't he replied to my DM? Yeah, <laughs> why has he left me on Sucker, the scene? your butters anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. But yeah, there's so much. Uh, did you see the photo that Hedy posted yesterday or this morning? I did see that. Yeah. That's which m- just, I had so many theories going around about what Drake said and the dynamic of whether Hedy maybe encouraged him to like say this girl's name that's British or whether he w- was like... Actually, no, tell me what photo, what photo yeah, is this? Please. Um, Hedy posted something on Snap yesterday. It's um, Hedy's, It's from Hedy's account. Yeah. So I presume he's taken the photo. It's a look. what looks like a video shoot, dinner table. It's Stormzy, RV and AJ. Yes, I saw that. Oh, so <laughs> the fact that Hedy took it, because initially I was like, I didn't see, cause I saw like a screen cap on my phone. So, you know, like you don't see the top the, the, the top and bottom of the photo yeah. so it just looked like a photo and I was like that's weird that RV would do that considering that there's this kind of like Hedy has publicly said no nah, I'm not sure I can't fuck with guys that are working with my ops referring to the Tion I don't know thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and then it opens up and it's Hedy's account that's posted and it's just there's no comment or like uh, like snakes it was just like yeah like we're, like we're working yeah, and I was yeah. like I don't know, that, that just, it, that kind of popped that bubble. Even it tells me that none of, none of it is serious anyway, but the idea that like all the theories about, mm, did Hedy egg on Drake at any point in terms of being like, yeah, do you know what? He was, no, nah, don't, don't mention that girl because he was going out with my friend. Actually, fuck it. I don't, we, me and him ain't talking at the moment. 
that all kind of just disappeared, just disappeared with something like that. I didn't even know that was, that, was, that was a theory that was going on. Like people were trying to like stir the pot that way. Yeah, yeah. Cool. As we were just so in our theorizing in here about like where did what how was that song made? There was a lot of thing of being like, oh, right, this, is it possible that Drake was like right because he has kind of crowbarred Maya's name into that? Like he didn't have to. <laughs> yes. He found a way in. <laughs> Is it like has he has he been like right? Who's a British girl? Let me let me let me make a little cultural thing that will get people talking. No, he's definitely been pre. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, exactly. fam- he's familiar. I don't think he has yeah, to do yeah, the yeah, yeah, he, yeah, knows, yeah. he knows who was. Yeah, about. yeah. But uh, I like that idea that people because it was it was fun to think that Hedy was just like stro- you know stroking a bald cat. Say Maya, say Maya. Yeah, but um, yeah, but. I know we've gone so far away from... We have, then. but don't worry. This is actually that, okay. all on the, on the docket, right? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so we've actually just like, spun through it in a nice... Um, yeah. Team Chemistry's high, fam. Group, yeah. Green Lines, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a, so we were watching it in here before the recording, uh, the video. Yeah. Noticed a little glimpse of uh, Skepta's Havana Club collaboration. There's like a Skepta rum at the moment with them. I saw it. And, uh, you know, we may speculating that there was like a... It might have been a, you might have got a little light five ten bags to cover the video fee, maybe to have that included. Okay. Oh, just back to the skeptic thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, right, right. So yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so I would say because also big up Teddy music on production as well. Silence. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I missed the tag at the start, mm. but then I heard like that little. Um, Did he have Teddy? Was it what, the Teddy tag? Yeah, it's yeah, in there. Yeah, it's in there. But um, but also there's like here, there's this classic sound that he does. I can't. I'm not gonna emulate it, but it's like. I don't know, it's kind of like a screech kind of almost. Right. It's like two notes. Anyway, right. I heard that anyway and I was like, oh shit, that's Teddy. Yeah. It yeah. sounds, it, it reminds me a lot. There was a, re- like probably his biggest production in the last couple of years was that uh, Gigs and P Money Where and When tune. Yeah. And it's quite similar to that one actually. Like you can tell it's from his signature, like that's the zone he's in at the moment. It is, but is he kind of also drifting into kind of the, um, a jelly bag there? Almost? Closer to, yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, Graham and Jewel are very closely related, so it's not mm. surprising. I'm always surprised that more aren't playing around with that, to be honest with so you. Mm. I think both on the MC and producer side. I think so every time I see an established Graham producer or someone that I respect, they always present it as in like, oh, I had a bit of fun and tried to drill thing. And that's, <laughs> that's how they present it. Basically, like, look, don't judge yeah. me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, it's just there, innit? And like, there's some people that have gone full pelt. Like, uh, That's exactly how the MCs used to be also. Yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just trying to drill things, all right? Yeah. I think they still are for a large part. And I think it's a bit of a culture clash. I think they're too much alike in a sense. Mm. So they, I mean, you know, you, when you see two people that are like that, two people yeah. meet. Like, and it is a generational gap as well. Literally, So yeah. it does feel like they don't want to look like they're chasing. But when it has worked, it's really worked. So... Yeah. Two grime producers, two grime legends who are tr- tr- dabbling a bit more than others are people like Maniac and um, I think Zeph Ellis has does, Dot Rotten has done bits and bobs in that yeah. too. But with the MCs, I think AJ Tracy's breakthrough moment in terms of going from just the guy that everyone waits in grime to, packages. okay, yeah, it's packages. Yeah, it is. It's, and it's, and that you can't argue that that is, yeah, and that, that was a big thing. And I, I, I always thought from that moment, I thought, there are grime guys with crazy flows out there and a lot of the criticism for Drew at that point anyway was that was basic, people are trying yeah. to do the they're all doing the same flow yeah. which is hard like it's not a full cut, like, view of the whole scene but I can see where that's made yeah. so I was like you especially could just, at that time yeah you could just parachute a couple MCs in there that are mm. just different and they could just go mad on it yeah. just, honestly and, literally, and, it's literally been, been the same exactly for us like since yeah. that time I think it might have been since packages or I don't think it was before packages but we said that like Grime artists need to be on drill. Yeah. That drill was made for grime artists, essentially. Yeah. There was um, 
some one of the person people I liked that did it and maybe wasn't heralded, uh, Blade Vision, he had an album called like Turner Avenue at like, twenty seventeen times. Okay. And he did he he got a couple of Mazza Beats productions and stuff and it's cold. Okay. And I just don't know whether it was because he didn't have a big enough profile and grime at Levermind mm. drill that people didn't kind of know to find it or whatever. Mm. But it is out there and I just wish people would do it more. Are you BBK on the slide? I'm a BBK on the sly. I guess so, man. I'm, 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 I'm the third. I'm the third Joseph had a new girl. Yeah, I've, I've, I've not not everything that they do, but um, yeah, that, that's um, fair enough. Yeah, yeah no, like I respect it because I've always respected BBK. I mean, even down to a creative level, there's nobody really like them that have that has mastered the art of reinventing and and like just being different with every video or whatever. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Mentioned Blade. Um, I, I think Blade's hard. I never, I was never really super attracted to like listening to his music like that. But he's a dope MC. I remember him clashing Margo. That was very funny. Yeah, <laughs> very very funny. Yeah. Uh, but, did you see that clash, fella? No, I missed that one. Oh, okay. Um, he parred Margo so hard. So he parred his his girl so hard. Even oh, that's the oh the lazy Margo clash. That is. Oh, you said Blade Vision. Yeah, yeah. Blade Vision is. Uh, he did a lot of mics, I think, but. He's, yeah, he's less, I don't think he's a direct, he's like around JME now and then, but you don't think he's a direct BBK guy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, Lazy, that Lazy Marga Clash, yeah, he's going in at, <laughs> it was Donatella. Donatella, it's funny now, maybe I'm telling you stuff you already know, but I, I think Donatella was doing what, uh, let's say, what Hema does now, or um, not even Remo London, less so, but like, she was like the first girl that went on GRM and was like, I'm going to, we're going to present content. I remember. Um, and a lot of people, that was their introduction to her, but yeah. she was actually on a t- reality show in like 01 called Young, Posh and Loaded. Oh, so shit. she was just like this, I'm from money, like cool, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm fuck- I like, I want to be famous. And then she found her way to fame was being on like GRM and I think she might have even invested in it, but she was about, but she was bait and she had this reputation, which, uh, you know, a lot of girls unfairly get, whether it's true or not, of being like, like- that girl's a jersey, whatever. Mm-hmm. So she's going out with Margaret at this point. Lazy classes Marga in a jammer's basement full of BBK people and then just Marga and his girl. And he's the whole the whole the whole class is about his girl, is about Donatella. And eventually Marga just cracks and is like, I have this is all on camera, like and he just so he just boxes him. No, but he backed no, he, he didn't really box him. He though. swings and like he boxed him like a wet fish. Yeah. It was a terrible oh. swing. He hit him with like his wrist. Yeah, he, he swings and just that enough is just like the whole you just see the whole room like piles in on him. <laughs> You see Jammer like, get out of my house, get out of my house. All, all, all you see is Jammer saying, get out of my house, and Frisco repeatedly lifting <laughs> and descending his foot. <laughs> yeah. And saying, it's an outside thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was the last that like that was the last anyone saw Margaret really. Literally. And um that was Donatella went to America after that and she's on like a love and hip hop now. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. So that that's just her cycle. Shout out Donatella, man. Yeah. You gotta get the bag anyhow, any means. Um Yeah, so again, Skeptor, new song. Um, very, very strong um performance from Skeptor. Mm. This to me brought up questions about consistency. Skeptor to me is I was gonna I was gonna say the most consistent rapper MC that we've had in the game in terms of musically. I, However, he has that dip. I know what you're going to say. No, I, okay. was, I was going to jump in and agree with you. Yeah? Even in that dip, th- there's still quite a lot of music around. When, when, when we say dip, obviously there's 2010, 2011 times where a lot mm. of grime artists are chasing yeah. poppy sounds. His his best 
here's the best thing that happened to Skepta is that he failed at that. Yeah, yeah I made that if, if, <laughs> if tunes like uh, Bad Boy and a Sunglasses show. at Night and uh, like was it Rescue <laughs> <laughs> Rescue Me's a fucking banger. Uh, Rescue Me, them two, if they actually were bigger than, like some of them got like top 40s and stuff, if they were like top 10s, top 5s, yeah, lost he'd still be making those records. Yeah, and his saving grace is that he was quote unquote, un- well let's say unsuccessful rather than bad. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah, granted, he looked like he had a breakdown at the time as a result of it, but went bankrupt apparently yeah. also. Yeah, so he just got out of that, got out. Yeah, and he's kind of been in a lovely place ever since, where he's kind of gone, nope, I'm just gonna do everything on my own terms, and everyone bought into it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah fucking yeah. worked. But even like, aside from us buying into it, he, he actually delivered with it. Mm. He did. Like, even like internationally, I don't think anyone's done what he's done internationally from our scene. No. That that one song with ASAP it kind of clips everything. Mm. Yeah, 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 and and what I think is genius about that because to me he saved ASAP Rocky hasn't had a hit for like four or five years. He's brought back ASAP Rocky's career if you like because mm. to me ASAP Rocky the heart this the harshest view of it is that to me that ASAP died with Yams. I feel oh, like, like that. I feel like in terms of the creativity and no, the hey, ideas yeah, he was hey, a great yeah, child. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so in from then there was an album after it was right, but ASAP Rocky has been like magazine covers more than thing yeah. and fine do that still getting headlined essentially off the back of that he's booked for yeah. wireless and rolling loud mm. praise the lord saved asap yeah. essentially asap rocky like in terms of like right i've got another hit i can tour again this summer but i don't think skepta despite as versatile or maybe like he's like changed it up a bit since he didn't rest on nostalgia after that's not me shut down he actually no. kind of was like no we're still moving forward though like that was cool that i did that and i changed your minds but like i'm gonna while still forward. keeping the signature sound yeah obviously yeah. Produ- also producing that song you can hear it's a perspective production yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so i don't know if even despite that i don't know if he could have made praise the lord as his own Ooh. tune and everyone maybe would have taken it in as it was at that time by getting a big name by giving it to a big name who has like new york, new york still want to back and everyone else still wants to like people i know who he is i think he kind of has put himself in a position where Skepta can now make what he wants. Anything mm. that he already has in his hard drive that he's like, maybe people aren't ready for. I think Skepta can do what the fuck he likes now. And we know we, there's just a trust in him that like, it's going to be, he's still going to have that clarity of voice. You, you know, the production's crazy. Going to challenge that, by the way. Going to challenge all that. I, I thought that like we've always wanted him to make exactly what the fuck he likes though. Like even from Blacklisted, for example, which is very different yeah, like, yeah. in terms of the time, like really mm. groundbreaking sound. Like that's almost what w- was anticipated for Konnichiwa. Like when people were yeah. shouting for Konnichiwa, they were shouting for that Blacklisted yes. project. And I feel like as much as he didn't have to keep harking on that nostalgic grime sound, it kind of was his signature. It kind of has been his signature yeah. throughout for- It's probably his most potent sound. It, for me, it definitely, yeah, yeah, agreed. And even if you go back, it's like my favorite Skepta songs are going to be like that yeah. as well. But at the same time, it is weird that you can't forget Blacklisted that play in this because his ability to step out and do something and rap, very yeah. different and rap yeah. is is heralded by us. Actually, we hold it dear. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd love for Skepta to get into more of that. To be honest, yeah. well, but why think, are you going to challenge? Because I think that the that kind of like the halfway point between the Blacklisted and the Kanichiwa would have been his last project that he just dropped. I don't know how you guys felt about it. I thought I thought I liked half of it, and it was quite long. Half exactly. of it's not enough. Yet. So, how much do we really want Skepta to do? What exactly? Whatever he wants, I want to do what I want. <laughs> really, essentially. Yeah. Maybe I'm over speaking here, but it doesn't matter. Skepta recorded that without smoking, and it was kind of described in a press way as being like, um, you know, I wanted to I wanted to get off smoking weed too much in the studio and stuff. I've got a family, but. The real the real answer is more to do with maybe travel reasons and stuff in okay. terms of hair follicle tests and yeah, stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, so that's that to me plays a part. If your whole creative process is blazing the studio for hours at end and mm. just getting into certain energies and stuff and places in your mind and unlocking things, and you don't do that for the first time, you're maybe not gonna. It's gonna be a different energy mm, or a different true. thing. And it was it was too long an album anyway. I think even if you you can condense that a little bit and it's still quite a really solid album, but it was it was a bit too long for me. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that you just go. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. Like I wouldn't say it was a bad album at all. Yeah. But whether it was what I was expecting or hoping for, again, maybe you might have slipped off a tiny bit. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, something else with Skepta that I always think I kind of feel impelled, compelled to say is, I think he's the most, he's one of the best grind producers, yeah. like in history. And he never like because of what he's done as an MC and rap and was he doesn't always necessarily get put in that conversation or like I think it plays so much of a part in some of his biggest hits. Yeah. Never mind just with his place in the game. Facts. Um that something like a like pulling out a praise the Lord when you're known for maybe something a bit further away from that. Like I wanna know, yeah, like I I just trust him. Mm. I just trust him fully on that side. And I'm always curious as to maybe like twice a year you might hear him produce something for someone else. And I'm always rushing to find out what it is and like what it is that kind of convinces to go, oh, I'm not keeping this one for me. I mean, I think that's why whenever Lance will drop something, I'll always check it just to see if there's a Skepta feature or a Skepta yeah. production because um, he, I think Skepta also has a very nice alternative bag. Yeah. Which not, not people like know about or listen to, but yeah. he hits he, it really well. Every now and then I'll see like, a, like Clash Magazine will post this random artist from West London that yeah. I've never heard of who's got like 400 followers and they got a Skepta tune produced by Skepta. I'm what like, the fuck? All right, cool. And I check it out and I'll be like, it's not for me, but he's just, all right. Like, I don't know. He's, that, he's looking yeah. and finding people and whatever. In, I don't know whether it's through the fashion world or what. Skepta's really outside, man. Yeah. Like, I remember like, back in 2016, however long it was ago, like we just, we'd go to events like every week and Skepta would just walk in mm. <laughs> almost every time. Yeah. It was It was actually beautiful to see. Yeah, active, and he makes music like that too. Yeah, he makes music. You're right. We started this off with saying that Skepta might be the most consistent, and again, I've, I've been convinced mm. by this conversation. I think it's not. I don't think it's even arguable mm. to be mm. honest. Like, who else would you even put in that conversation? Rich, Rich is Rich is close. Rich is actually pretty close, but <laughs> I think I don't. I'm not sure his discography is as consistent as as Skepta's though. But he had a mad. Mix it tape. might be more consistent. He had a mad mixtape. Well, no, really, with albums, I think in this latter half, it I mean, might be it, more it, consistent, but more consistent in that in terms of it's a, a similar type of album. Okay. Like you get the same version of you. You get Wretch, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's more successful than Skepta's no. or more like broader appeal. But when you, I think when you open a Wretch album, you're getting what you're signed up for. Yeah, mm. and to a, to, a, to a certain standard every time as well. True, mm. he's hit the mark pretty much every time. But maybe not overly extended himself. But he knows how to make good music. Mm. Yeah, that's true. With Skepta, we've said there's like an album or two that are questionable. Yeah, that's true. Obviously, just because of the time it was in. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately for Rich, he didn't make that mistake really. Or when he tried to do the commercial thing, he did it very well with um, Black and White. Yeah. Mm. No, I hear you. Yeah. I, it still feels like Skepta's been more high volume. Yeah. Like, Wretch is a real, Wretch is actually a good example because he's a project maker. So, mm. yeah, when mm. you go to the discography, I can see how he starts kind of looming large in in that, in your mind, in terms of someone that creates p- consistently. But at the same time, Skepta's almost omnipresent. If you include features and stuff as well, and songs yeah. that he has that are celebrated, that list is crazy long. Yeah. And he consistently pops up year after year. And he gets people popping as well. Like Kane will give you a feature, but sometimes that, that feature might not do anything. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a, 
you know, there, and it's, there's no rule, but I feel, I feel like a lot of, say, like those kind of legends or vets, elder statesmen, whatever you want to call them, when Kano is an example of someone that will make his album and just kind of cut and kind of keep his head down until he feels ready to come back out again. Mm. And you might see his features. He might like do a little thing. He's more likely to go to Jamaica for a feature than he is. Like he, from what I understand, he got he got Kojo, didn't he, on the last album? Yeah. Because he's, I think they they've is got it? a connection there because of where they're from. But um, the way he moves compared to if you, the Skepta's example is like Skepta has a tune with Heady. Skepta and was like he's jumping head first into tune. Like he's finding Octavian. He's mm. like, he's getting in rooms with people like this. And you, oh fuck it, I'm gonna do an album with Young Ads and Chip because I've we can get here for a week. Yeah. Don't, he's still like that close to the ground in terms of like rolling the mud with all these new people all the time Thanks. which I think is plays a big part in his extension for because we, we talk him as talk him up as a legend and he's still kind of contemporary m- moving around like a 25 year old yeah he's still working he's of, yeah. the, he's of the times yeah whereas all the rest of them man are from then You're yeah right. it's, it's mad weird which is again why like hearing him be so potent at the start of this song, it made me like have a mad long train of thought of thinking about like, rah, this guy is still spitting like he's a new act. Mm. Like he's still hard. Very rare, man. Like certain artists that were as hard back then, not quite as much anymore. Yeah. No, I agree. Skepta occupies a unique space. Mm. Probably a bit more unique that's even really actually spoken about. Like, mm. I remember we, the other day we released a tweet on Good To Go about like which one of these legends is, you know, like the greatest just overall yeah. in general. Like Skepta, Kano, all them and then Skepta just, set, he sets himself apart actually in that sense. Like you, can, you Obviously everyone has their favourites. You can talk about projects, you can talk about singles, mm. all that stuff. That's fine. But I think consistency and just being being here and producing that, it's what, what he's produced, his output. Yeah. Unmatched, like yeah. literally unmatched. Who, who else is in that zone? Gigs, gigs, and he's had- gigs has a lot of feature work and stuff. Gigs, gigs is in the zone. He's actually the person I was talking about. The guys that were hard very once upon a time are yeah. not so much anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird because again, because I think he still gets to work. He may not be necessarily at the level it was back then. Yeah, but people are still there's still this happiness that people can. I can get a tune with like, gigs as like answering the phone. In a way that I think Sneakbo's increasingly been doing that a little bit more than he used to. I, okay. I thought he kind of missed. I thought he missed his opportunity to kind of make the most of his status. Mm. He's doing it a bit more, but maybe. But yeah, in terms of the end product, may not necessarily be. This is the best version of Sneakbo yeah. I've got. Yeah, uh, in terms of yeah, in terms of product that's coming out, Skepto is right up there. You still get yeah the legends that reach out like. It's more of an appreciation thing rather than... I, I thought about gigs during this whole like long train of thought that I was speaking of. And um, again, I thought about the impact internationally. Obviously, gigs best example of that, I guess, would be KMT yeah. with, with Drake. And compare KMT with um, Praise the Lord. Mm. I don't know which one has the most impact. If talking about like sales-wise and literally like that, by far, it's praise the Lord. Yeah, we're talking about like what was felt by the people. I mean, KMT was a great moment. Mm. I don't know if it lasted as long as praise the Lord did. It's a different kind of happiness when people heard it. I think praise the Lord was enjoyed more stateside too. Yeah, like, yeah. I remember easy. KMT was easy. a big loud, yeah. loud moment for them. Exactly, you know I mean? which, which is why the sales were, were like infinitely better. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, KMT was fascinating to see. So because of my work before I did radio, I was in writing and rewind and all this stuff. I, I follow a lot of American journalists, which that was the easiest way back in a blog era. You wanted to find the new hip hop and stuff, right? Yeah. Let me follow all the people that are fucking running these things, mm-hmm. getting the exclusives, calm. Seeing, and I still follow them. I don't necessarily go on, those sites don't exist half of them anymore, but I follow them and that's always, that's sometimes easier than, that's how I find a lot of the new stuff or, 
and seeing their kind of real time reaction to KMT. Yeah. And being like, this gig's first is kind of funky. I don't know. It's not really <laughs> for me. Like this guy's flow is weird. And there's all these reaction videos and all that. And then like fast forward, like four weeks and seeing them actually, ho- not even just kind of quietly, like changing their mind and shutting the fuck up. They were like, Okay, I like like you know I thought about it, yeah. This this verse is cold, and it ain't because of the videos. I'm just interested. I realize it's the one I've been playing the whole time. Mm. It's just different. It just takes that flow takes a bit getting used to, and yeah, I I thought that sometimes one song can't just change people's state of minds. But I, we I still witness people in this country that struggle with the accent thing, and, and British accents on rap and stuff, or yes, regional bro, accents especially, especially yeah, and so that kind of was halfway through living out the 90s dreams came to you of like, oh, are we the 51st state? Like, cool. Like, are we going to just get treated and respected as our own thing? And they're not there yet, but KMT, I was like, right, these people are actually just going, this is sick. And it wasn't a, and it was, it felt like people that are listening to rap without trying to be like pretentious and thinking critically. So, I'm trying, maybe I'm going off again. I can only do this this way, but there's like a, um, the people that music people that write for Pitchfork and all these old American magazines, they used to have this thing called Paz and Jop, which was a uh, their version of the Mercury Prize, basically. So they all just unofficially would all all email with this one guy who would gather them all up and be like, right, what's your top top, top ten albums of the year or top five albums of the year? And in 01 or 03, no, we don't 03, it was Dizzy Rascals in the top five, and the one the streets were in the top fifty or thirty. Okay. Because at that level, they were getting sent those albums by labels or, oh, this guy's on X, there's a rapper on XL, let me hear it. But like, we know that the man on the street is not doing that. Mm. So like, at a critical level, there have been British rappers and stuff who have been respected very highly from the start. Mm. There's a guy called Dart, Dart Adams who tweets, even tweeting today, he was tweeting about, he's like this guy from Boston who's just really respected in hip-hop journalism. And his whole thing was like, yeah, I used to be on um, Rewind Forum and Grind Blog every day because I needed to... That was just something mad happening over there. But he's aware that, like, everyone else weren't doing that. So there's, yeah. there's at the top level, the journalists, they're just like, i got to find all the new music and where the fuck it's coming from. What, there guys over there rapping? Let me hear it out. That There's appreciation from people like that at the top level, like critics. But in terms of just people on the street, people bursting out on cars, on the, the radio stations... The average man, it's a lot harder to reach. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like KMT was the closest we've had to that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, uh, until praise the Lord. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, okay, so going back to this um, picture of, of um, Stormzy, um, RV and AJ Crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of made me interested in the kind of features that Stormzy has been dropping slightly, slightly, mm-hmm. like um, recent, of recent. So obviously the last thing we saw him on was, was the thing with Tion Wayne and Dutch Avelli. I don't yeah. know, yeah. And now, he, now he's apparently got one with... Heady One and RV, or just RV, who knows? Yeah. Um, and AJ Tracy as well. And AJ Tracy as well. Mm-hmm. And AJ Tracy as well. Can't forget AJ. No. Um, no, I think it's important though. That's a different, actually, that's yes. a different, it's a different, to me, that's a different, it's, an, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I actually, I've actually, I don't know why I just totally discounted him because packages. Yeah. <laughs> mm. But yeah, but equally, yeah, equally, it's like, right, you don't, we have no idea what version of AJ is going to be on that tune, do we? We have no clue, fam. He almost has to has be packages. Yeah. AJ, if you're yeah. RV, yeah, I guess it has to be a packages AJ. He's got to bring that. Otherwise, that's why he's been ranked. That's why. That's why you accept that call, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But 
Yeah. But go on, I feel like you're asking about this because you think that maybe Stormzy's curating an image to some extent. It does seem like he's trying to like get back to the people, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, at first, I think his first attempt to do that was to, to go back to be more grimy. Mm. He's kind of tried to kill grime himself by literally going at Wiley or whatever, doing his thing. Mm. I don't think he's super duper interested in grime right, right now anymore. No. Um, also, obviously, Drill is the sound of the, of, of the people right now, especially yeah. of the youth. Um, it makes early sense that he's going to do more drill, and it seems that, that that's what he's doing. I don't know how much he'll do after this song, but um, yeah, how do you guys feel about it? Are you are you are you anticipating this highly? It's a it's a formula that has been mastered before him by Krypton Kono. Krypton Kono went a long time without dropping an album, and the albums themselves are not music that I'd necessarily enjoy. But they worked out that they could maintain that kind of interest and keep that market share yeah by just right okay we'll do a tune with abracadabra all right we've got a tune with heady one and uh, k trap and and i think stormzy so big up scully we've had the discussion before we went to new year's eve we were at box park in croydon for i forgot the name of the brand what's the dlt dlt the new year's oh, yeah. thing and stormzy was there just chilling in the crowd and um I just after that I just focus. Normally, when an artist is in the building, there's always like a, uh, someone will play their tune as an obligatory thing. And I was there, and it was obviously it was like hours, and it was like I was like I haven't heard a single Stormzy record, and I was like, and I don't think it's because they're trying not to look bait and beg and play. I just was like, what Stormzy tune do you play at DLT? Mm. For what is bar me and like uh, ten other people there probably? That is, that is a that is a black event. That is a young black music club night, and I was like. And we've been fa- ever since we've held on to that because he's definitely like it's come in his mind when he's there. He's definitely been like, "Well, I don't get played in these parties." No. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, I can put out. That's critically- an interesting point. I can play critically made, acclaimed music like he- I could do heavy as the head album, and people are like this really means a lot to me. Am I having fun with it? Am I thumping it in my car? Maybe not. And so I think he there's definitely an itch there that he's like. I need to jump in rooms with these guys and what, have are you, some fun. Are you telling me that you're not trying to catch a wine to Blinded by the Grace? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, we can try. We? I say we know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, talk not about yet. a holy wine here, yeah, bro. Yeah. Not, uh, not a haram wine, bro. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. People, people can try that if they want to. Right, I right. doubt it's going to be very good. No, no, I doubt it. I doubt but yeah, I, I think that, yeah, I, I think, I think he's aware of it. I think he's aware that He's held up as a national treasure yeah. and he's an important figure. Again, well, we might come back to it later. Wiley tried to ex- try to state this when they were going back and forth, but not necessarily in the cleanest, most articulate way. But he made the point, which is just that, you know, and even Poet, I think there was a format in Poet and Stormzy around some of this, which is like, oh, Stormzy is so important in like as a black cultural icon. But in terms of the, the music and the underground, that those albums and that kind of music, there's this kind of elevated message to them that maybe isn't. It's not just always appropriate for particular settings. I don't think that makes him any less important. No. But I think as someone that is a rapper and has come through in a way that he has, I think he'll always want to find a way to go back to those, mm. rather than crowbar those songs into his album if he's got a concept in his mind. He'd AKA, rather do those features. Okay, own it. Yeah, I think he'd rather go into. Yeah, he'd rather like let me let me let me let me be, give a feature to a couple of people. Own it's not even that though. I think that's, that that was his biggest like attempt to like please the black people. A song of Burner Boy. That sounds crazy. I understand, but that no, no, because I, I made this, I made the tweet before as well. Like if if Ed Sheeran isn't on the song and it's literally just Burner Boy, nothing nobody says it a word. 
Yeah, I know. I get that. Ed Sheeran, that, that his sound is a lot of the reason why it's perceived to be so like quite poppy and mm. not very centered towards black people. Yeah. But there's there's still pop elements to that song, though. I mean, there are. Um, are you talking about the hook in general? Yeah, in general, whoever sings that. But Burner could have made it. Burner like does it. make it sound mad different. I can't. Yeah. Find. I fool you. I fool you. I I, yeah, I was really struggled that record. What's interesting? That was the first. So Stormzy wrote that hook, mm-hmm. and I think that was the first time he'd done that in terms of like, right, I'm going to make a broad record, and I'll do the hook as well, rather than a Kalani or a Lily Allen or something. Okay. And if he's comf- now he's been he's, in his mind, it might not be the truth mm-hmm. in terms of what we want, but I think in his mind he's been validated now. I can do as much of that as I want now, or I, like I'm I'm good enough that I can write my own hooks and sing it, maybe not powerfully, but I can sing it and it will be a hit. So, fuck it, I'm running with that maybe more. We'll see, man. I don't I, yeah, I don't know if that would be the best decision. I don't yeah. want him, basically, I'm, hap- I'm, not, I'm not happy for him to do it. Cool, go do that on your own music. I don't. I, what I don't want is him singing hooks with tunes with Dutchavelli and Heady One and RV. I, when he's yeah. working with them, he's I don't want him singing on those hooks. Start singing on the hooks. Yeah, You'll yeah. actually be done if you yeah, do yeah. that. I don't want anybody singing on them songs. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, literally, no yeah. vocals. It is It is interesting that I, I like how aware Stormzy is though. Because yeah. he's he's in that position that is so, it's almost impossible to not, for people not to feel jaded about you. Mm. When you get to that top spot, you, you almost never cool like that at that kind of level. Yeah. It's really, really hard to maintain. And it, to me, the only person you can compare Stormzy's kind of path to is like Dizzy's in terms of like the level of national claim yeah, he's yeah. had, being the guy at one point, mm. like everyone talking about your album and Dizzy completely lost it. Mm. Dizzy lacked awareness completely, I think, about how he was perceived. And and, and I guess the, I'm the whole time- I'm if he lost the- so I don't think he, I'm not sure if he actually lost perception. I think he just didn't care. Didn't well. care. Yeah. But I, I, the thing is, I don't think he was I don't think he saw the bigger. I don't think he saw the bigger. It was it was a mixture because I remember the re, when he did that Boy in a Corner anniversary show like two three years ago. The the specific way he opened the show was cool. Like I realize how much this means to you now. That's what that's what I mean. Like, he didn't get it. He was like. Yeah, I won an award that was that, that bust me, and then I started doing what I want. I got a label deal, and then yeah, and then I went independent and made Calvin Harris tunes. And he was like, "Why don't people? Why are people constantly talking about this one album?" Do you know? What I think he mm. didn't realize as well. Like he, that album's like the cornerstone for all of this in mm. a sense. That's one of the that's the biggest yeah. projects in uh, in like early history of yeah. this genre. So like for him, that was just his life. For us now, it's a whole scene. It's yeah. like, it's massive. Your album is like I think it's understandable that he missed it in a sense. Yeah. Also, yeah, and in in that time when like this constantly new ground being broken, all this stuff he's doing, like you're saying, the songs of Calvin Harris and stuff is like these are he's making success with doing things that people have never done before. Mm. So to, in his eyes, he's still innovating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. I, I, I I understand that. I guess. What I is st- sorry? No, please. I say what what is good is that I think he's start he's realized now. And it, even even in recent interviews, he started to puff his chest a bit more about that stuff and mm-hmm. about his contribution. Yeah. I think he was shying away from it a bit, partly because, yes, he didn't realise the impact that people were still having on it now, but also, you're right, he still didn't kind of care. I think he yeah. fell out of love with Grime and the people around him yeah. so much that he washed his hands of it, essentially, mm, yeah. complete, and so, by like uh, FTSE and D-Double, essentially, yeah. maybe Jammer as well. But um like now, if you listen to a couple of interviews he's been doing recently, he's way more like, yeah, chat to me. If you want to talk about grime history, I'm the guy now. Okay. 
Um, there's a. I mean, he has to kind of do that yeah. because because his his legacy is almost gone. Yeah, literally, yeah. it's also his last legacy. He doesn't start speaking about it now. Nobody will care in the next couple of years. Yeah. Also, sorry, you mentioned fourteen year double. Do you know if they are still on Dirty Stank? No, no, I think I don't think they have been for a yeah. long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because he did nothing for them. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Mm. There was literally like I, I don't know what it was in a life sense. So I, I know they did a couple EPs together, but I don't, I couldn't tell you. Because it's before my time, I think I think they might have opened for him a lot on tours and stuff. Which, when you think about what they would have been getting, how many actual grime club nights there were by this that certain point in yeah. time, that might have been a thing that carried them through for a little bit. But yeah, in terms of uh, so discography them, and stuff, the contribution isn't necessarily that. You signed them to be fucking opening acts, essentially. Yeah. It's a, it's a real shame, but I mean, D Double's actually in the best form of his life right now. Like, in terms of, I don't know, um, there's a guy going on draw. Yeah, mm. exactly, mm. exactly, exactly. And we thank God for it, man. Yeah, on him, on him, much more from him. Um, I kind of wish that that unknown T the D double song was one of theirs and not Grand Daily's. Yeah, because it would be sick on that one of their albums and not just one of these throwaway Grand Daily compilations. It's one of my big, big uh, bugbears with original compilations of original music, where it's like a, a DJ compilation or yeah. whatever. I think. Those are good back in the day. Yeah, they, they're great. And, and I can understand how uh, all of us would want to make one if we had the opportunity. But what often happens if... Um, what's inter- I'll, I'll get to this actually. Um, <laughs> initially, you're more likely to get the throwaways of people. I feel like a big issue with that new gen album that was yeah. this kind of... We're representing the scene is that no one was able... The first single was an Avellino and... I want to say Bonkers single that was not the big kind of banner arrival of the thing, but they had to that had to do that one because no one else was available to promo the project at that time. Okay. They're all like, oh no, I'm focusing on my thing, so I can't run and do a radio run because I've got to do a radio run for my thing in, yeah. in a month. Mm. So there's stuff like that. You're, you're low priority on kind of promo. You're, um, you might not get the best versions of tunes, but it also meant that if you do get the good tunes and you get more than one or two, it, it still might get lost. And I think mm. with the unknown T&D double one, it's like, They've chosen the Dachavelli and M Huncho tune as the single, and that's the one that charted. But what, what the others just kind of exist out there now. You, you even know they exist, or you don't. Yeah. There's not a GRM video; it doesn't no. exist. Yeah, they're literally in, like, lost in, uh, gone into obscurity. It's yeah. kind of fucked up. Um, okay, so you also mentioned Wiley in that somewhere. Mm. So I guess that will bring us to our next topic, which yeah. is um, I'm sure you've all seen it already. Yeah. Um, Wiley's take on on uh, the Jewish community or anti-Semitism. So, like, he did the mad thing. Um, he did a lot of tweets, said a lot of stuff. It was like 11 hours straight. And then the next day as well, and he, when he, he had like a 12 hour suspension and came back. It was just. Wiley just doesn't care. Doesn't care. It's kind of annoying at times because, I don't know, having watched Wiley for so long, like, um, being very focused on the gram scene in my youth, I feel like I can. I understand Wiley. I see him when he talks and that, and I, I, I my brain tra- filters it from Wiley language into that normal, yeah. normal speak. And um, so when he's going on and doing all this stuff, I, I understand what he's saying. The only, the only real issue I had of it was that he was fully like stereotyping and um, making blanket statements about whole communities, which are completely untrue. However, my main gripe, which is, very, which is, um, I don't know, it's kind of absurd to me when anybody says that the Jewish community has no power at all. Like, why, why are you saying that, that they have a lot of power? Facts, <laughs> in my opinion. Right. Facts. I'm not saying every Jewish person is, is um, I don't know if I'm, like, I, I, I'm trying to think of a good example, like a comparison here. I'm not saying that, that they all have um, like unlimited amounts of power. However, as a whole, 
there are things that they can get done that other the other uh, minorities or other ethnic minorities just can't do. They they can they can wage that power for good and evil to how how they see fit, and that's just a fact. Like I'm not saying they do it good all the time or do it bad all the time. I'm saying that they have power, and if you say that's that's anti-Semitic, I think that's completely wrong. That's where it gets messy. So, so much of let's take it back to June and the the Black Lives Matter protests and the kind of exhausting back and forth yeah. uh, in uh, trying to talk to people, explaining why this is a thing. I had to kind of, because I realised sort of like a lot of my, my friends, I was like, people, why, why are black people having to be the people to explain this constantly? So I kind of like fucking pick me, like I would I would have these debates with people and f- relatives and stuff who just didn't get why it was so like prolonged or whatever. And one of those things that, that was often discussed is that kind of, people can't settle on the definition of racism. And one the closest we've got to a consensus on racism beyond just slurs is the systemic element of it of yeah. being like exercising your difference in race and ethnicity to kind of punch down or like limit the what what people can do or say or live their lives uh, based on their ethnicity, and that's always been framed as like a punching down thing. And the with with Judaism because look we've seen we've seen a racist argue that Islamophobia isn't racist. Uh, tell the Sikh people and the Asian people that aren't Muslim that get beaten up in the street because they think they're Muslim that it's not a racist thing. Yeah. In the same way, anti-Semitism. It, let's frame it as racism because there are, there are other definitions of stuff, but let's frame it as the because in America you can tick a box in your ethnicity as Jewish on a census. It's different. They identify as that. Um, because going by what you said, there's, there's broader examples of where you're not punching down if you're talking about particular sects of Jewish society. And so some people don't think they're being racist by criticising uh, race uh, Jewish people generally, not because of their way they use their power, but they'll, that'll be their reason that they feel they can criticise Jewish community generally, which is where I think people fall into that trap and it gets messy. I feel like... Um, it's just, it's just a bad. I, I, I get, I get what you're saying completely, yeah. but I would say that, like, um, Wiley's point was almost kind of proven. By how, by the way it was dealt with, was so comprehensive and so quick that, yeah, a, a lot of this has been framed since, and the discussion has steered away to like, where's that same energy for uh, some of the stuff that is said about. And that is what I don't even agree with as well. I don't right. agree with that. People are saying that, oh, where's this energy for Katie Hopkins? Blah, blah, blah. Katie Hopkins is off Twitter right now. Yeah. I mean, since the start of the year, we've seen a massive swing, upswing in, um, and I don't know, people's, the public consciousness of social justice and all that kind of yeah. shit. Like, um, we've had Twitter lists, blah, 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 people getting cancelled nonstop. Like, shit, shit has changed since then. Yeah. There was that so, kid, that kid that, uh, that kid that said racist stuff to Wolfie Zaha was arrested the next day. Mm. Yeah. Like it has, it's not perfect because there's, I've noticed, I would say like there's the guy that headed up the KKK is still on Twitter and stuff like that because they talk about things, they frame it in a way where they don't talk, they don't say black people are, they don't say Muslims are, they don't say it's all about like, it's all masked around immigration and stuff like that. It's right. all this, they're a lot more coded with it. Whereas Wiley was just kind of going like... It's completely unfiltered yeah. racism. And I fully understand why his account would be taken off immediately. Yeah. However, like the community obviously mobilised. And there, I think... Oh, sorry. I don't, uh, I don't know how to put this. This might not even make the cut because I want to make sure this is very worded like, hey. correctly. Um, 
I feel like the Jewish community is able to mobilize in a way and achieve like certain outcomes that we or other ethnic minorities just simply can't. I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's a very fair comment because they're, they're, they're set up institutionally. They've, 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 I mean, okay, let's say we go with what they kind of say that, like, using biblical example, that they are like the most persecuted race, mm. race like from throughout history, you know. Yeah. And so I fully get like why they're so hot on things like stereotyping and blah blah yeah, blah because yeah. it's been very dangerous for them in the past. Yeah. Like throughout history, like people have used stereotypes as a reason to rob and kill them yeah. on a mass scale. So I get, I get that completely. But that's not unique to them. Yeah. And and yet. And that's the thing. So I think, I think, which I, is... I do feel, I do feel like, sorry, that, that they have been also, like, having gone through that, they've been able to kind of grow past it and develop their defences to such a level that they're not at the bottom anymore. They actually yeah. have influence and power. Well, they, they got... And we're just trying to get there. They got reparations. Yes, exactly. After end of World War Two, I'm simplifying this here, they essentially all these displaced Jewish people now from left, left Europe and stuff and those that have survived are like, I don't want to jam around here anymore because all you lot voted for this. Mm. Whether or not you lost the war, like, what the fuck? So Israel was kind of like ratified and stuff like, cool, you want to have a, a Jewish state uh, in that area that you that is your holy land, essentially. There's like three religions that claim Jerusalem, but like at that time, it meant, a, it meant the most to them and it was just like, by all means, like, have that. And... It enabled them to set up in a certain way and build build kind of their own economies and wealth and stuff that it is a whit more complicated than this kind of let's say if you use black people's example, this kind of prolonged suppression where you think end of World War Two, can you imagine what it was like to be black in America in like nineteen fifty? Like Man, Israel Israel's basically the first industry plant. Right. <laughs> no, for real though, I've I've been quite quiet on this, but it is that's the main reason why it's not the same thing. Mm. The punching down point is a massive point. Th- that kind of stereotype, first of all, isn't as damaging. I understand stereotypes can be damaging at a base mm-hmm. level, but it's that, stere- that stereotype isn't used to kill you anymore at all and hasn't been for quite some time. And also, like you say, there's that acknowledgement of what's happened to Israel. Mm. That acknowledgement completely doesn't exist for black people. Like, And it's not to say that I'm not trying to quantify pain or struggle mm-hmm. or anything like that, but you're in a different place. Anti-Semitism, it, it just it, it doesn't hold the same weight that it used to. I understand that it, it yeah. held massive weight, but the reason the reason why Black Lives Matter and BLM is is completely a whole different section is yeah. because of where they are in society. And yeah, it's, it's we're at completely different seen. points in our struggle right now. And it's a bit derailing because recognizing where they are in society is the very stereotype that they're fighting against. So mm. the, it's almost I understand why that conversation is going to roar on like and rage on on Twitter because no one's coming yeah. to any solution with that. And that, and that was the, the sadness of this all was that it became a it, it kind of fell into this trap of like one against the other or like struggle wars. Olympics yeah, and, yeah, and. Um, and it got yes, there, there were there were people who were defending Wiley that were just kind of getting lost in the source. But there were also people; they weren't necessarily Jewish. There were people that were observing and going like, Wiley right here is representing Black Lives Matter and all this what stuff. The, and yeah. they, they were framing their own thing. If you typed in even now, type in Wiley Corbyn on Twitter, there was thousands of tweets. People being like, "Why Corbyn enabled the, this kind of thinking in the public thinking?" Mm. Like, Big man, Wiley has been. And, and you know, I'll, I'll, for what you said, Bola, about mm. we kind of know how to decode Wiley. And as a lot, we kind of have just seen past a lot of things. He he will treat the Jewish community in his kind of back and forth in the same way that 
he would tweet about Ed Sheeran and Stormzy. Facts. He, he, Facts. In to him, it's just like, way. come at me. Yeah. And But when you're doing a whole group of people, like I, I've, I'll read this tweet because I, I remembered it and I was like, I, it's not in my business to bring it up on Twitter right now because I haven't really got a broader point about it. This is a Bridey tweet from 2011. The beef is over, Asian people. I'm sorry for being too open and honest. Let's crack on if you can. If you can't, then goodbye. Because he had this whole issue about Jay Sean signing to Young Money. Okay. And he went on this thing about Asians and Indian people. Okay. So, like, he's consistent with it. Mm. Um, also, um, someone found an interview with John Wolfe, who is Wiley's manager, who's essentially the, the cause of... Not the cause. Wiley's rant began with, I'm annoyed with the percentages I've got and da-da-da-da. And it's, you know, the Jewish people in the music business. I had enough of them. But, you know, you can't say anything about Jewish people. And then people go, you're still going to madness already. And then he goes, all right, then I don't feed Jewish people. Whole corn, da, 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 da. And then it just got for 12 hours. People found an interview with John Wolfe in the Jewish Chronicle, which is this, like, this newspaper that uh, yeah. Jewish community have in London. And um, the way he describes meeting Wiley, all the signs are there. And he's just chosen to kind of go, ah, you know, it's Wiley. Like, the conversation is... Wiley's mom tells Wiley he needs a Jewish Jewish manager if you want to make it in the music business. So Wiley, John Wolf's like, okay, and I have a sit down and I tell him all about the vision and how we kind of need to be in between, in like symbiotic and all this stuff. And Wiley goes, yeah, cool, but you're Jewish, you're hired. And so like, this is, he's had that thinking, <laughs> he's had that thinking his whole time. Right. Mm. And, and he knew that. And so it's difficult. The more he digs, it's di despite what he is as a person and all that stuff, it's very difficult to say that that's still, that's quite a dangerous way of thinking. Hasn't always been necessarily true. It's been a trope in rap music a lot. There was this whole thing about uh, tall Israelis running the music industry in in terms of the rap scene Charlie in America. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's, it's a thing. It's certainly more with lawyers, but definitely in, terms of, in the music industry too. And it's, it's just messy. And I think with, with Wiley, he tried to dial it back with the Sky News thing, which I guess we'll get back to. 100%. But, um, he sort of said, yeah, you know, I, I was generalizing, but he was generalizing about, let's say it was just John Wolfe or just the Jewish people he's encountered in the music industry. The things he was saying about them are those stereotypes about you're slippery with people's money. You're, 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 you're vindictive and you're like, you're, you're stealing, you're, you're rats. That was just like word for word, like Nazi ideology, mm. like, when you when the when like when like outward racists with gas the Jews in their Twitter bios are like telling him stuff and showing them memes and he was retweeting it, be like you are lost in this source. Apparently, he didn't retweet that shit though. He didn't say he the the Holocaust denial thing that someone doctored a tweet saying he said the Holocaust didn't happen. Furthermore, okay, and he did the, and yeah, he even did like a video. He's been doing these like YouTube lives, and which I doesn't he that's his only way to channel it at the moment. But like he was like. No, like I don't, I don't do grammar like that. I don't do commas like that. Is what you were saying, but like, and he had a point. He had a point. He had a point. I was like, yeah, why well, don't? Do I believe them. Yeah, I believe them. But um, but yeah, still the whole stuff, that whole that stuff about Jewish people are slimy with money and kind of this kind of it's it's it is dangerous territory. Yeah. No, it's not even tricky. It's dangerous. Yeah. Like you can't use rhetoric like that, and yeah. especially on the public forum. Mm. And the people are right to say that he has five hundred k followers saying that kind of stuff. It does incite hatred. Yeah. So I I get that. And you think like, because I, I think a lot of people when they talk, some people want to criticize the idea of Israel or uh, Zionism and yeah. kind of the whole, their side, people have to, particularly in politics. That's what would be my problem. That's what would be my issue personally. Because yeah. yeah. um, 
so for maybe I'm blind because I'm from South London, but my day to day living experience, I don't and anti Semitism. I'm like, huh? bruv, where? Yeah, like, yeah, what honestly, is this? Where is yeah. this? What is this phenomenon that you're talking about? Like, because it's politicians every single day have to kind of, even if they don't want to, push it to a stance of like, what's your thing on Israel Palestine or like, what do you think about that and. They are like our biggest parties at the moment are like split because some feel they're like not dealing with anti-Semitism enough. Some think they're, uh, you know, or they're, they're being too nice to one particular side or the other. And it's just a constant mess at that level that gets people resigning or cancelled or hounded out of politics. And I'm just like, but this is not a conversation. I didn't even realise like we're not, Bro, it's not like Honestly, that. Yeah, politicians answer to, I don't know, it's, it's annoying that it has to always come back to money, but mm. who pays them? Yeah, and I feel like and stuff, the, yeah. the community has a lot of people that are very like generous donors. Yeah. You know? And so that's why their issues are dealt with yeah. very, very rapidly. Yeah. You know, they, they hold positions in authority and, and power yeah. and they use them for the, for the, for the betterment of their people, which is what every race should do. I don't, I don't say these things that like they're insult and I know they can still be seen as anti-Semitic. However, what I'm saying is this is where I want even my people to be eventually, but I just find it really, like really silly when people d- d- deny that these these privileges exist in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's like oh, that not all not all Jewish people thing. It's just been like okay. Yeah, we yeah we know that. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Like not all white people are rich either. Like, but d- d- does that mean that white privilege doesn't exist? Yeah. No. And um, so I think with there there are places where like people will want to people are seeing this kind of takedown on Wiley being like, yeah, he says some terrible things, but and they want to still kind of make what they and maybe nationally uh, uh, the general consensus is seen as uh, legit criticisms or points about uh, if not uh, Judaism then Israel mm. but move it and because he, he there was a whole bit about kind of black Israelites and stuff that I'm I'm not I'll be honest I'm not well versed in no, understanding that concept neither uh, people try to explain to me all that that thinking in terms of uh, it partly I think it's something to do with the fact that's a holy land for a lot of people uh, uh, Jerusalem like every religion has kind of fought well not every the big ones in Europe have all at one time owned Jerusalem as a city based on like holy wars and pilgrimages and stuff And but that's all so long ago that like yeah it, it's kind of forgotten about but people still talk about it in the criticism of Israel saying it's like a bit dated an idea of a religious state and whatnot but um, yeah you still can't if you want to have that discussion it feel yeah. You've got to separate you it from Wiley. Yeah, <laughs> Wiley's just dove in headfirst into. I, well, I don't know what his what his plan is here. If he just hated John Wolf, this is he's had a love hate thing. Like, what would your what Wiley would you doesn't have a plan? Yeah, it's li- it's literally like what the Joker said in um, in fucking Batman, bro. He was like, "Was it? Um, I'm just a dog like trying to like, chase a car. Like, I don't yeah. know what I do if I call it. Like, I, yeah. I just want to chase it." <laughs> and I just it's I was just so gutted seeing it all unravel because. People, yeah, people attach their own agendas to it. It then all these other riffs of kind of like it, it just it it just the whole thing did so much damage. Not just for him, because there's a lot of stuff that's gonna happen to him that I don't think he cares about. That I think he probably should, but just the follow-on from it, this kind of amplifying the ignorance of people who are not gonna learn from it. They're just gonna feel emboldened that you know this is what black people think of us. This is whatever, and that's wrong of them too. But just the whole thing was just like this is just cause the conversation that's just enable confirmation biases from everybody. Yeah, it's just everyone's got their angle on it that makes them feel 
more angry about what happened. An agenda is always like more like important than facts. Because mm. so like, um, well, what was it? There was something about this Wiley thing that people were running with. Um, I don't remember. It'll come back to me. Sorry, fellow, you got anything else saying this? Not really. It's, it's a very sensitive topic, to be honest. I can't lie to you. Like, done well to navigate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't care to speak on it anymore. Only because you know what? I think the way you're right. It's, this conversation has been called about Wiley's ignorance, and there's, there's to me, there's two separate conversations. Like, if you want to talk critiques of Israel and all that stuff, yeah. let's do that. We, and it's but as long, as soon as Wiley's the conversation start, you may, you better make sure the whole thing is separate because what yeah. Wiley did is there's no conversation about that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. there isn't, and I, I hate that it's annoying that because Wiley's the pretext, it kind of fucks up the conversation to be had. The criticism sounds like it has Wiley undertones in it, mm. and it's like no, maybe these are just criticisms that should stand alone, and that's a conversation that should be had, but not off the back of dealing with Wiley. Yeah, but you can see how even in real life, about. even with Wiley aside, it's still hard to have that conversation, and uh, and that's why to me. That's why it needs to happen. And that, that's why I'm shutting my mouth in a yeah. sense because my frustrations are at why that conversation is so difficult. That is very frustrating, but it's not to do with Wiley and what Wiley said has bears no kind of like. Okay. Well, he did it. have he did have the Sky News interview, um, which <laughs> was a bit of a car crash. Yeah, I just you think he's he's his his manager he's quit. Apparently, according to Wiley, Wiley uh, fired his manager John Wolf, who is Jewish, who is essentially the source of his rage. Apparently, but. Um, so when you're managed, you're without a manager. Wiley, so definitely someone that needs a bit of kind of media training anyway. Even though he, we kind of like him for how at this point we've always been entertained by him. Yeah. But there was not a single thing that said that Sky News interview would be a good idea. Even if you had <laughs> someone working there that would be sympathetic to your personality, which maybe even that I think his name Noel Phillips, the journalist, who he might have been, he might have been the only guy there that was willing to kind of give him a chance, but. It's just nothing is going to work in your favor. Do you like the guy that was interviewing him? Yeah. He didn't Fam. give him much of a chance. No, though. he didn't give him a chance at all, bro. Like, he was not definitely not <laughs> not in his corner at all. <laughs> but that guy, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, but what I, what I meant by that was more that, like, the, the solution sometimes, yeah. as you've seen everywhere else, is to deplatform people like that. Right. Once you, someone's making all those kind of views, Sky, like, sometimes you might get a news night where they do an us three them kind of balance thing where with, like, a Nick Griffin or a Tommy Robinson. But, more time, certainly maybe with anti sense that there was like, ah, let's keep, let's, nah, we don't want to be the people that are like, we're going to just have your say. Do you, do you expect that from, from the big platforms? <sighs> in, the, in, the, in this world where sensationalism is everything and, you know, outrage porn, yeah, sorry, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah like, you know, it's, it's the hottest thing on the market. I mean, people love to be outraged and right now, Wiley's name is hot. So yeah. I'm not surprised at all that they gave him that interview. I'm not surprised at all that they force fed so like, like certain points down isn't like you know that they had to make yeah you know like um what about your fans no but what about your fans like like, like they really want them to like kind of take accountability for swaying young minds to, to yeah. being anti-semitic which of course why you i don't think he was trying to do and i don't no. think he had, i don't think he should have admitted to yeah um i think they want they wanted him to dial back a bit they wanted him to come and go like i don't know what how you explain that away I think it didn't. What he did say didn't cover it, and then, but then, and then he still, especially when if you're paying that much attention, he then does the interview and says they're proving, and then does all these little live streams and being like they're proving me right, they're proving me right. So it's just like, what, what, what was your thing here? The fact that maybe people like the one of the big pauses, like he said, keep my MBE, mm. I don't even have it. 
I knew that that never interested him. I knew that they were going to take it. They might threaten to take it away, and he was like, "Cool." And I, I, I think, yeah, I just don't know what, what was the end game? What was yeah? As you said, he's not a man of a plan. This is a man that's just like, okay, give me a platform to speak because mm. I'm being hounded right now. But um, and a pack, I don't know, like he might do it with ZZ Mills next or something. I just don't know what to uh, what end. I think he, I think I saw him say something about wanting to go to visit Jerusalem and uh, make a documentary or something. Right. So, good, good luck to Wiley with that one. Yeah, interesting how they edited that interview as well. By exactly. the way, we didn't talk about that. Exactly, but I thought that was a big talking point. That is a very big talk, talking point because I feel like Wiley definitely didn't. Um, make it, make, no, he didn't make it hard for them. No, at he didn't. All, to like they, make them make self look crazy. Hmm. And but, yet they still spliced it to make it look as bad as possible. As possible, as crazy as possible. Riley is that, that, that mad laugh here. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so random. It's like, <laughs> how dare you? Like, yeah. I love it. But, but um, I don't know, man. What, what, do you think he's well? No, he, the, he, he does seem kind of unstable. Yeah. I can't lie. Yeah, I. I someone I've interviewed him a couple of times and there's just stuff we write off as him being this kind of eccentric and stuff that I think if we didn't know he made music or whatever, we'd be like, uh, okay. Well, we didn't know we had the history, he had the history of drug abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think we just maybe be like this guy. Yeah. Maybe he needs some help or whatever. Maybe it's not a prolonged thing. Maybe it's just this one particular type of med. I don't know because of who he is. I think that we're black. We kind of turn a blind eye to some of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is this isn't even a guy with a, I mean, a clean rep. I I catch myself sometimes when people want those people that hate Wiley, and there's a lot of them. Mm. I thought there was this whole discussion about like people pick the grime scene or black people should apologize for Wiley, and everyone was going, "If we hate him, or he's all blocked, we all blocked by him." So like he has that, he's been that, he's made enemies of a lot of people over a long time, Mm -hmm. and I do catch myself whether it was that stuff about Asian people, was it about like, well, the the thing about the, the young girls, I'm like. It's just stuff that you just kind of because we heard about it way down the line or whatever we just gonna all right just shook it off mm. and then, yeah it's Wiley Wiley's funny on Twitter though da, 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 da. Mm. and the rest of the world is just like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah and you kind of have to so, take yourself out sometimes yeah. like we, we we give a lot of people some room I say we I just I mean people some people give a lot of people like a Wiley a lot of room when really there's not you don't it doesn't basically justify it no yeah. So, Cultural I mean, currency is a big deal. Yeah. yeah a, a lot of us are like, you know, um, I don't know, like, what the fuck is this as well? And we're like, no, welcome to the party, guys. Like, we've been doing, we've, we've been having to deal with this for over 10 years. Yeah. And, and you just, you're actually just finally realizing who this guy is. He's been there a long time. Yeah. <laughs> but to a point where we've normalized it, whereas yeah. they're outraged. Yeah. Where, where like, no, that's, yeah. why, that's Wiley. <laughs> I mean, have we ever been outraged at Wiley like that? I, I don't know. I don't think he's ever been that controversial. This is the, most the first the, time. The most he's been like a national enemy was when he didn't turn up to Glastonbury. Okay. Or was it was it Glastonbury or another show? Where like people started to, the country, because he was still, he had the heat wave success and stuff. Yeah. And he was getting booked for all these festivals and stuff and he would just be like, no, I don't want to put them. And I think if you might have said, I, I, in fact, no, I won't put words in his mouth. But yeah, I just think he was just, he was not interested. It's like, this isn't, it's like a grammar or whatever. I don't yeah. care. Mm. So if I don't want to turn up on a day, I won't. And I remember that being like a thing of like, this guy's a prick. <laughs> it's like, and it was like music shows or TV or radio, just like, oh, yeah, Wiley's a knob. Doesn't turn up for these radio interviews we've got him booked for. Like, yeah, he's clearly a dickhead. Random thought. Does Wiley have more or as many hits, be that commercial hits or hits in general, as Dizzy? 
I was thinking about it. Wiley might potentially have more if I, if I include like the Roll Deep stuff and the A list. I so. think Wiley does have more. Com- this- commercial hits. Okay, so. So we're, we're associating stuff that isn't necessarily like, right, we call that grime. It's him trying yeah. to do the broader appeal. People okay, like this, so. like money in my pocket. Cash in my, yeah, money in my pocket. Uh, Heatwave. Rolex. Ke- Rolex. Uh, Can You Hear Me, which is a song after Heatwave. That whole album, actually, The Ascent, which is all kind of a major label album. Um, mm. Let's pick uh, Reload, which has Chip and that. Yeah. Um, um, uh, uh, Bosey. You said uh, Roll Deep, so let's say Green Light and the other number yes. one. Um, uh, I want to be a real good time. That tune. Oh, yeah, Good it. Times. Good Times. Um even the avenue by Roll Deep, but that, that, that didn't really do that. What well. did Shake Collect do? Though? I said Shake Collect did a little something though. Shake Collect did do something. Shake did do something. So you're looking at. Urban went silver. I remember that. I'd yeah, give him yeah. That. I'd give him that. I'd give him that. Yeah. So you can. They're there. <laughs> you might not necessarily love them all, but he has. I like. I like a lot of them. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, at, at a time where uh, we had this conversation before before you got it, Bola, about okay. like kind of, let's say five years ago, even. Yeah, maybe that was maybe oh, six, seven now. Um, you would be so, you'd just be supportive because people always left, quote unquote, the scene or in order to have a career and make money and buy a house, yeah. you couldn't just make grime for your life or UK rap. You had to do these broader things. It was just part of the, we had to, we just had to get over it if we weren't happy about it. And that's why I was team TNT Strider. Yeah, we all backed it. Team UK, all that. Yeah. Like, we would, we might be like through gritted teeth would be like oh we're really happy that they're up there and they're doing their thing <laughs> and um, like Tiny's an example that like, yeah. like oh we're really happy and in that like yeah Wiley kind of has shown throughout his career that if the time comes where he has to do that he can do it and it might and it will still work and he can make it sound somewhere halfway between something that actual people his actual fans his base that are stuck with him are gonna get on board as well exactly and, and also like I feel like every time he'd release a commercial album he'd drop a mixed it yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he always kept himself present that way. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think I think sometimes people forget to do that. Yeah, I was telling that, I mean, Skepta, if he had yeah. done that, there'd be way less um, criticism for him. Yeah. Um, How do you mean? Because uh, I felt like, I mean, he, he stayed present-ish. Yeah, like, yeah, just yeah. like, he went to like, um, he went to Westwood and stuff like that. He was yeah. still about, he didn't have the same clip rate of releasing projects that were for us in the time when he was doing his commercial shit. Yeah. Why he kept it consistent. And it was sometimes discouraged from doing that as well at that point. Like, um, I feel like Chip even, Chip between those albums, even though the, one nah, of the he should have done that. Yeah. He's yeah. a big, he's a way bigger yeah. candidate for me. Well, I mean, well he, he tried to leave it completely. Yeah, he, mm. yeah, true. So, true, true, yeah. true. And it was only like further down the line where it's like, oh shit, maybe I should do this. <laughs> Once he, he got to the States, did that, Pizza boy. Pe- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> London boy. London boy, tape, yeah. Boy, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Like, no, Pizza boy's a song on there. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was always like a, it was a noticeable thing, particularly at that time, radio was still more prominent than perhaps it is now in terms mm. of like those sounds and where they came from. Like they wouldn't turn up to sets anymore. Something as simple as not going to sets anymore for, and you're a gram MC. Mm. Yeah, you, 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 you've got, you've gone now. That's it. Like, yeah. there's, that's such a massive disconnect already. Mm. There's nothing that's saying that, like, ah, oh, everyone is hoping of graduating this. Like, yeah, no one's yeah, like, I'm yeah. not actually doing this for the love of you. Like, it doesn't interest me anymore. It's not mm. making me pee. Sad, man. It's sad. But uh, hearing like people that get speak on other podcasts, speaking about his time doing radio sets and that, 
something that I always knew that when he was spitting those bars, those bars were always like from songs. Mm. So in his mind, every time he's going to a radio set, it's literally just promo. Whereas yeah. me, I'm listening, I'm listening for the bars. Yeah, I know, I know in the back of my head that at some point I'm going to hear the same verse on the song, but I don't care about that because right now this is a fresh verse. Yeah, but so like people's 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 approaches to radio sets weren't all the same. Not everyone was going at it for the same love that yeah. they're on a set. Some people literally it's just business. Yeah. So it maybe isn't so surprising that radio sets kind of died. Yeah, they're definitely um, now that the concentration of them is well, it's gone down a bit again now. Where obviously it's not the in sound. Though, yeah, COVID and that as well. If you if there was a point like three years ago where you could hear all night, every day of the week, there was at least four or five crime shows. Oh, wait, it was like yeah. Radar represent. NTS, Mode FM, Mode FM, which still kind of is primarily all grime. Mode's, uh, ca- Mode's got shut down, right? Shut down, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, there was just like, it was everywhere. And being part of it felt very exciting because there was just somewhere for all these kind of, you'd, look, you'd not look one way for like a couple months and suddenly there was this new crew that had like been quietly like building up their t- like skills. Not always, not, not always like the highest level of sets though, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is what we really, yes. really, really miss. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I feel because to me, to me, sets are still grime in its purest form. The mm. MCs and producers, uh, MC and DJ, sorry, together. And as a result, um, someone made a really great point. This uh, Elijah, who uh, as Elijah Skillium uh, owns the Butters label, he said it's he when people ask like I talk about the, the best grime album, he says no, 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 and he has like a he has like a Twitter thread of like here are the top ten grime sets. Okay, he said. <laughs> That's the genre to you. Mm. Like everything else has been trying to retrofit that and those moments and that energy into formats that the the rest of the world is comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And he said it's hip hop did it successfully. Hip hop was sets in a park, and then they just they managed to put that on vinyl and CDs, and then they eventually tightened it from like these fifteen minutes sets essentially to like uh, here's a song. Um, Cyphers. Yeah, Graham. Had, had has tried it's never but it never did that like in the same way or it wasn't monetized in the same way mm. so maybe because it wasn't mon- so easily monetized in let's say the turn of the millennium yeah you could do vinyl sales and stuff and you could make some decent money selling vinyl if you knew people wanted it there was a mixtape era with cds but for the most part people were downloading your tunes for free or and sending them around on bluetooth it was a limewire thing forum downloads whatever and there weren't that many shows you could do before police shutting down. If you could do them, you weren't getting paid because there was 40 men on the lineup, all that stuff. So the inkling to kind of take move from that energy happened so tragically earlier than it did for... Hip-hop found its way to the... Or the money found its way to hip-hop yeah. and kind of to manipulate it, it took advantage of it at the start. But we're at this point now where like it's its own thing and people have stuck... People succeeded making their music they wanted to make from the start. There was never this thing of like, I can't keep doing this unless I do the pop thing. Unless I do, you know, I, I can't sign to a major unless I'm given this record with elaborate. I don't know. I don't know if that's 100% the case though with hip hop. I mean, people definitely have made some questionable decisions uh, based on trying to improve their career in hip hop, you know. Oh, for sure. M- I, I just think at the very start, like the, the Sugar Hill Gang, I'm going that far back. Like, okay. They sold, they're one of the like biggest selling records of all time. Unofficially, they never, um, they never read, they couldn't afford to register to the, so you know that the PR right. certification starts so it doesn't have a plaque mm. this song that's like this ridiculous thing and that's just like five six guys 
rapping over the same beat for 20 minutes. And like, that, could you imagine if Grime, you could sell Grime by the millions, or even you could sell 10,000 records of a 20 minute set you with five guys. They'll be laughing, man. There'll be so yeah. much Grime. All of those people from the formative eras, not all of them, but a lot of them would have just been nice and they would have worked out how the thing would evolve on their own terms. Yeah. Whereas instead, I feel like the set has been preserved at this like, this sacrosanct, like holy thing that we must not change at all because God, this is what makes me feel comfy and great. This is the, what? whether it's nostalgia, whether it's just the energy in the room, that's where grime MCs feel comfortable. Well, there was that one bar on that Diesel Skepta song where he said something like, um, oh, like we left grime in a certain state and look where it is now. And that kind of, I, know, that's, I was talking down to like to, to younger generations. Yeah. I thought that was a bit of a, a cheeky statement, but I'll let it go because it sounded fly. But yeah. um, I think kind of that kind of goes along with what you're saying a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think now... So that that's my reasoning for a lot of the older people, the way their journeys went in terms of music until they found, either did or didn't find what worked for them. Mm. I think with the youngest people, I had so until about a year ago, I used to have a show on represent that was just a grime roundup show. I can't DJ. I would just present it like a normal radio show and be like, here's all the new singles that come out in the last week or two weeks, whatever it was I was on every and I could do that very easily and there were a lot of tunes I was like this is sick like this people come out of that I moved to a drive time show A because I had ambitions to just kind of do a bit more in radio and daytime and stuff but by the end those last few gram shows I might have one or two new songs a week okay. and they might not be good mm. and I was like am I really going to plant my flag because these are the only two tunes that dropped from people that I rate and I feel like increasingly the people that have had any kind of success have been people that have put out music and know how to make songs and stuff there are a lot of MCs because Grime is still this golden lightning in a bottle thing in a set, even to this day, even if you're not good. If you're in the room, it feels amazing. And you've mm. got people around you being like, hyping you up and that's, you've earned a reload because of the gas and all that stuff. That stuff never really changes in the room. And I think people are quite a lot more happier now to just kind of go, I'll go and do that every Friday and it makes me feel good and I go home and I'm happy. And people say on Twitter, say I'm, I'm hard and that's calm. They, in terms of taking that stuff to a studio or ta- or just being unlocking uh, w- working a different part of the brain in the studio and being an artist, they, some people don't make that cross that line no, at all. Yeah, facts. And I feel like increasingly with the young young guys, if they are doing it, it's not at a level where I'm like, I can't wait to show this to people. Yeah. I don't. There's music like I used to. Me and Scully used to talk about a lot. Of, I mean, Crafty's hard. Yeah, Crafty is sick, and there's a reason that he's like produce it like produce the TV themes and uh, he did a song oh, he, he made a song with um, so he's, he's working quite closely with Big Zoo at the moment and yeah he done a theme tune for Big Zoo's TV show and Big Zoo did a song with an artist from Sierra Leone recently called Drizzlick or Drizzick I think and Crafty's made like a an Afrobeats tune like he's obviously just got that broader mind and thing and like that will take him out mm. but as an MC he doesn't get anywhere near enough props yeah because I don't know yeah Again, still kind of sporadic with his releases. It doesn't help when you put out an EP that called Suck Your Mum. Like, you're not going to get that play. Like, you're not going to... But, but stuff like that too. But he, he'll he'll be fine. But I feel like a lot of those younger MCs... There, there's people that I would actively be showing the new ground that was coming out all the time. And it's got a lot more difficult to do that. Mm. I feel it's... And I don't be like... That's just me on my ear. Other people might think differently in the scene and stuff. I just think if the songs are there, people will be shouting about them a bit more. But... It doesn't have to be the in all the time. Mm, yeah. You can't acknowledge that, you know, if I'm 14, 
what are the likelihoods that and I, and I, I can spit and I'm writing what the likelihood is that I'm going to go into try and drill rather than grime it's, it's exponential it's, it's way more it's way more yeah. like, like, like we've already said it before like drill right now is definitely the voice of the streets and, yeah. like, and people it's what people are banging Fellas, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, no not really I mean apart from the fact that I feel like on top of that grime grime is always going to be preserved in that in that um kind of not clash, but set setting, isn't it? And yeah. I don't think I don't think it ever needs to. I don't think I don't think it's okay. And like you said, I think there's that acceptance. That acceptance yeah. needs to be the case. Like that, this is what it is now. It's mm. more. It's even more of a cultural thing than a genre than just a genre. It's yeah. not like like you said. There's not even a lot of music being made. That's grime, yeah. but yeah, it is still practice. The whole the whole thing of a set is it, and I think that's yeah. where grime that's where grime lives now. It's not gonna live in the charts. Yeah. It's not on YouTube, MP3s, like, none of that. It, it mm. needs to find its home, its peace in. There are drum and bass raves. Drum and bass is a way more successful genre, mm. but there are drum and bass raves every weekend and they're pack out. And they're not necessarily playing new tunes. Even Garage, Garage Raves, again, a na- more, more national sound, had number ones and stuff. Do you feel like this is because those genres are out for longer? I, I actually think that's what you say. Well, I think that's jung- Jungle and Jungle, huh? jungle, and, jung- jungle and Drum and Bass aren't Jungle, let's say. Jungle, no way. Jungle like had its pocket of time and then people moved on to Garage or drum and bass or, uh, or grime and jungles this is moment in time three or four mm-hmm. years or maybe long I don't know but you still get jungle raves and it's a nostalgic thing and, and I think grime's a bit more out. reluctant to accept that kind of like we're not dead yet <laughs> one of the most successful grime raves at the moment is called grime originals which yeah. is Sharky Major's thing where he's just gone like I'm going to book all the people that, they, that I can't afford Skeptor or Getz or D-Double so what I'm going to do I'm going to book fucking Suavo and Flirt D and I'm going to book these people that actually, if we're all in a room and there's 20, 30 of us, all our best eights or 16s, that is a, we're gonna, that's a ridiculous dance for like a night. And that, that is packed out. And that's one of the only kind of successful like brands for grammar events at the moment. Mm. It's that nostalgia thing. Eskimo dance has kind of moved in towards getting rappers on board and stuff until I think people fell out of it. That's why Grammar just exists, I think. Okay. And yeah, there's, it's almost like this, because I think still, it goes back to that thing about monetizing it, being able to monetize as the, from the essence of it early on because they maybe didn't work out in a way that people would like it to whether it was because of digital era or whatever it meant that I think people we still got like a head in our hands about like right how does this kind of go off in, how does Graham exist as like the the thing that you can salute or like or you can go back and enjoy a nostalgic one every weekend or there's kids that I said drum and bass and stuff. There's definitely a drug element to that. It just needs to be innovated. Like yeah. obviously, we have like the old school sounds, but if you're if you're constantly like you know spitting over old beats to get you to get your shit popping, then mm-hmm. it's not going to show any innovation. You know, yeah, there's not going to be a, a distinction. Um, when you say, sorry, when you say innovated, you mean grind as a genre? Yeah, I don't think it does. You know, yeah. I think grind's going to. I think people, how it lives. people, people go to drum and bass raves. With there's no new MCs in yeah. there. There's no, no new exactly music, yeah. because you already made that. That's why I asked you whether that's because. Like you said that um, these raves are packed full and yeah. there's able to be so many of them and you said that it's even like a more successful than Graham, right? Yeah, internationally, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And that plays a, its part and I think because uh, Graham wasn't that, it can't replicate it right. fully. And I, and, I, and, I, and I asked you that question whether it's that because it's older because it has that special thing of like sentimental value and blah, 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 right. nostalgia where, but they fully accepted it that this isn't, yeah. this isn't current anymore. If you like, if, if this is for those who love it. If Graham had that and it was a bit older, like let's say five, ten years from now, 
I can fully see there being like a bare gra- like grime mm. raves and all yeah. that. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And that, in, that, in that sense, I think grime doesn't need to innovate in that sense. Grime is, grime kind of is. So what, you want, you, you want grime to let, let itself die or no? I think it is. I think it, it's not, it's not about dying. I think like you, like John and Bay, even Garage, for example, I think people will always point to grime. See how Garage having a resurgence in production. Yeah. A lot of people using Garage themes and that. Grime's had that and will continue to have that. People will take from grime again. But it, had a, it had a longer, it had a kind of, what would, the world is considered a second wind, mm. like ten years after it really, it really had it had its moment when, like, in five years' time, pe- are people going to have this conversation about fucking Afro swing or drill? Mm. Possibly. Yeah. No, we we'll probably still be having it about grime. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. True. But True yeah, thing. it's um no 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 sound has its thing in the sun at the top table certainly anyway for like the Forever. whole time. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like the the kids will always innovate. They're the ones that are they're leading what kind of the new stars, what's new exciting, the changes in sound, the drastic changes. Mm. That yeah. And I, I I I think Grimes just used to I don't know, maybe I don't know enough UK hip hop people where like because a lot of them, the ones I encounter, they just seem like super if they're if they're not just held in that revered status, they're super sour. Like them they were mocking Grime, for example. And I don't know, I don't want Grime to be mocking well, you do. That people talk about the drill flows oh, and stuff. Course, I'm like, yeah. shit. Are we just? Are we? Is this just a? Are we just taking the mantle of people who are in now in their forties and fifties as like, oh, we're just the grumpier older genre now. Yeah. I was like, God forbid. Like, I don't ever want to be become that person. That. Yeah. No way. I think grime is grime is at risk of that in terms of the people people under that umbrella yeah. of grime. You definitely see that sentiment. I mean, the world of grime scene has a lot of problems in, within itself. You know, toxicity and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, like one example of that is what's happened with Solo Four Five. He's he finally got his his um his verdict. He's had his, uh, he's had his day in court. Twenty five years, oh, sorry, twenty four years. Still took one off. I don't know what that's about. Yeah. Um, justice served. Clap of hands. Job done. Yeah, that good, that goodbye, did, did you? Yeah, did you read? Yeah, goodbye, did, did you? So that this thing's been prolonged for a long time because uh, he got arrested like two three years ago. Yeah, yeah. but um. Because other people came forward, they kept they kept holding it back. Okay. And going, We're going to hold the court. B- building there. case. There's other accounts building the cases. New evidence coming to light. We'll do this as a whole yeah. charge. We're not going to kind of just drip feed these charges. Um, and when they first, when the court cases first start, when they first started going to the trial and all that, the testaments and the people, the reports of what was being said and discussed was just fucking terrifying. I'll be honest with you. That stuff really that the stuff about like. Call me Skepta. Call me Skepta. <laughs> what? Yeah, like stuff like that. So, and and to me, so He's uh, not, not a job, bro. Yeah, yeah. not a job. And his defense is this kind of I'm into, I'm into, I'm into rape porn and yeah, stuff like that BDSM stuff, which, does, all that which stuff. does exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, like there are there are porn videos of this kind of fake rapes mm. and stuff. But I would be under the presumption I don't actually know, but I'll be under the presumption that if you're doing that and you're reenacting that kind of attitude. There's code words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and consent. There's yeah. still, you still have to consent yeah, to yeah. that. B- like. like BDSM even, which is not the same thing, yeah. but consent is a massive part of all that kind of yeah. pain inflicted yeah. sex. And code words are being like, okay, that's too much. Not stop. You've got, there's like code words for ease off and yeah. there's code words for like, nah, stop. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't, I'm not enjoying this anymore. So like, he's clearly failed at those. Mm. And that's enough. That, that like, he should know. If you're into that stuff, openly and that's your defense you should know that you have to be very careful in making sure that you don't make the people that you're sleeping with feel any way in danger or uncomfortable yeah, which I mean, by their own un, on their own terms so like you would think I, I'm, I'm giving him too much credit you would think that like 
I've got to, I've got to make sure this is never stepping in cross that line. We would think, but yeah. it, but it lets you know that he probably isn't even into that stuff. Yeah. He's into rape. Like, yeah, you know yeah, I mean, yeah. like he isn't into BDS, and that's it's just yeah. bullshit that he's concocted yes, exactly. for his defense. Exactly. Like, really which is where that which is where that fell apart. Mm, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the stuff it was saying, and you just it just sounded like the most traumatic shit. And I'm gonna throw a bone. To, we mentioned that call me skeptic thing here. I think. There's someone I know and respect and she's kind of been constantly throughout this whole arrest and has been really frustrated. I don't think she's the only person. There's been a lot of frustration that like BBK have been silent. I was going to, I was just going to get to this. Yeah, okay. They have like Barham, when he, when he first got arrested and charged and it was like 20 rapes or 40 rapes or something like that. They, that was a number out there of what he's been charged with. JME came out mm. and said something as simple as like, fucking hell man, like 40 rapes. Raw, like just yeah, and that was it. Like, because he didn't, well, because he was like, I don't know what else. I, I'm not tweeting that for you lot. I'm just like, Processing this is someone it. near us, around us all the time. Like, this is fucked. Mm. And if you're skeptical, you may hope that, like, I'm hoping this ain't true. <laughs> then you see stuff in that, and you hear that, you, you like, it'll sicken you to your stomach. Yeah, and and I feel like sometimes, yes, I, I feel like, and I maybe if they weren't independent. Excuse me. If they if they were like a not if they were signed to a major label or something, and there'd be this whole emergency PR kind of thing where they would put out a statement that kind of goes, guys, this is this horrific thing that's happened to us and around us. Like, can you just give us? We hope you respect our space for a bit while we kind of kind of take just have to kind of shake this out of our minds. But because they're not because they do their own thing, they just man, they're just like they've got their management and it is what it is. They've not done that. And yeah. I think some people have been like really disappointed at that. And I have not expected that from them. I haven't expected it at all. I mean, from, from when Jamie said kind of like quite early on that once everything is is, uh, is clear, then we'll speak. And then he kind of came out and said that, yeah, he done that mad thing. He's not, he's not, he's not associated <laughs> with us anymore. Yeah. That's it. That that was it to me. I mean, yeah. do you want them all? Like, do you want, do you want to hear fucking... Do you want to hear Skepta come out? Do you want to hear Jammer come out? Do you want to hear Fresco come out? Do you want to hear fucking Maximum? Like, do you, like just... Like it's it's already been said that you can't really force people to deal with, with real life shit on the internet. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm sure that Dev that was his friend. He has a like a huge, like I don't know, like a hugely complicated series of emotions that are going through him right now, and a, a lot of them are are discussed in that. But like, it's weird. In some in some way, you still do have some kind of loyalty, at least to like to not. I don't do too much. Do you know what I mean? If yeah. someone was your friend at some point, you don't want to drag their name through the dirt if it's already being dragged. They might have them. They, yeah, you don't know. Like, there's some stuff. They might be having to look after his family in this time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that that's an excuse or anything like that. That's just like, these things are way more complicated than kind of the conversations they're having within themselves around it. They might just want to keep to themselves because it's just heavy. And the pressure of being someone high profile or in the spotlight, even though they might not necessarily see them themselves mm. as that all the time, mm. is that there are so many fans that there are going to be people who are kind of terrified of seeing that and thinking like, was that happening around you? Like, have you, are you in environments where like, you're not even seeing that this kind of rampant stuff is crazy is happening? Like, does that, does that mean I can't be safe around you lot? Mm. And I don't necessarily think they thought about that or if they have, they're still confronting it. It's just, such an intense, unique kind of thing to go through and experience that, yeah, they might not be there yet in terms of, right, right here's what we have to say to the wider world. Because it's... Go on, Phil. 
And I and I, I fully I fully get that, and I, I hear what all of you lot have said, but I do think there might be validity in people being mad at them not being so vocal about wanting them to distance themselves from this. Like I'm not gonna lie, even if I put if you put me in it, I want people to know. It's not even yeah. I would have said something. I would have said something, and I don't live my life on Twitter actually. But if this comes out about me, I don't tweet anything about my mm. personal life. But if something about my personal life to come up in this instance, I would tweet. I would yeah. tweet about it. Just just to let people know I need this is not acceptable to mm. me. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, you know, that that should be the assumption, but obviously it's not because people aren't living by this, yeah. unfortunately. So yeah, I, I, I think it is important to be vocal in I mean, situations. All this kind of stuff that makes you question a lot of shit about the world. Like one of the thoughts that went from my head was that um why is this kind of stuff so pre- prevalent in like the the underground creative uh, kind of alternate kind of space like we saw having with Bari etc like you know what I mean then I thought about it it's like, it's like well actually no it's like what you said you, you can never know it's not just one particular space it's literally in every it's in the fabric of like everything in the life yeah. it's like when they do racism in football yeah. it's like it's just it's the reflection of the world like yeah. it's not just happening in stadiums though. I would argue I would make a case that in the creative spaces and stuff uh, sometimes the power dynamic mm. is more clearly defined in terms of like, I'm I am the I am the important person in the room. That's the reason everyone's here. All these girls are backstage mm. for me, and that can be abused and so easily. A lot more unregulated. Yes, and I think the pressure of like, with, it's the same way that you know a C a CEO might move to their secretary, and there's kind of the pressure of like I need to keep my job kind of thing. Mm. I think sometimes that happens a lot in the music industry. Look at the Ray Ray Black's been quite vocal recently, like. <laughs> It's the the arts is a place like that of being like talent. My talent gives me a lot of audience and brand profile or whatever, and then kind of cultural currency, all that yeah. stuff. Let me, let me see what let me see what I can get from that. And sometimes I think, well, I think a lot of time I think people don't realize what, what they're doing. I hope they don't realize what they're doing in terms of like this is coercion or like this person you're putting people in uncomfortable situations because you're only used to being heard. The word yes, mm-hmm. and you think well they're here, therefore they must be on that kind of stuff. And you, that's before you throw drink and drugs into it and stuff. And I think it's, yeah, every every girl I know that's worked in music has at, at, at best had uh, some very awkward, uncomfortable kind of heavy-handed confrontations with people and artists and stuff who are just, are you around? So like, you must be on it kind of thing. And then, as you say, yeah, that's, you can put that to society, definitely. Definitely. But um, yeah, there are, power, there are power dynamics in creatives that thanks for that Joe that, that was actually really important to say and make that distinction mm. because that people a lot of people won't necessarily even know that right because like, I feel like we're technically music nerds and I didn't even know that was a thing until like a year or two ago I thought like everybody had cared a lot about music and the ins and outs of societies and whatnot. Yeah. but people generally don't give a fuck so like when we're talking about like these power dynamics so, so it goes over a lot of people's heads until they're actually in the situation, you know, yeah. and then they're, at, you know, in someone else's hands. Um, also about the creative kind of space, I feel like I don't know, maybe that kind of generation or those kind of people, just personality-wise, are maybe a bit more woke. So, like in that sense, they're a bit more aware of what is and isn't assaults. Yeah. So that's why, like, we hear a lot of people coming forward and like naming and shaming. I saw like I saw some people being outed for some things very recently and I still don't have like, any proof or anything so I, I don't I'm going to speak about it mm. but it was a lot of people in those creative spaces and it should have surprised me but because of everything you just said it, it didn't yeah yeah. you got like it can be like 
photographers doing kind of sit like, oh, I want to do a photo shoot with you. And the whole the whole time, it's framed because of like, so I can get in a room with this girl and I can try it on with her. Yeah. And they don't see that anything wrong with that because it's like, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. If it does, it does. But like that moment where if the girl doesn't, she thinks she's just getting a free shoot or whatever. She's coming to work. Yeah. Essentially. And so like the amount of girls I know that are just like, every time there's an inquiry about a presenting job, a photo shoot or anything, I have to be really, I have to really be careful about how they've made the inquiry and try and weed out whether they're just doing it to get like, they're trying to engineer a date essentially, or whether actually these are people that are just letting me go on and just do my job. Okay. Which is fucked, I think. We never. I think so guys it, go, it goes. It goes that. both ways. In terms of what do you mean? for you, like you said, like it works. It works about kind of both ways. Because you said that when people approach you for the job, you have to do the same thing. I don't have to. Like, be conscious of it. I thought it's what you just said. Oh, I was. Oh, in terms of so, if I'm making that inquiry, no, if someone's making an inquiry to you about a posting job or something like that, I don't. I never have to worry if someone's gonna try it on with me. Okay. Ever. Okay. I don't think. I don't think guys necessarily think that way. I don't. I don't think. I don't think. Yeah. I don't. I don't think if I if if men get a presenting inquiry or something, it might be someone that isn't very serious or know what they're doing or something like that. But I'm never worrying that they're gonna maybe put me in a position that I'm gonna have to like make a very awkward decision or yeah or yeah. Because you can Shit, just if, I, if I tell them, no, if I tell to get their hands off me, let's say it is a woman that wants me to do this photo shoot or whatever. What well, if it's a man? Yeah, or a man. <laughs> if they put their hands on me and I'm gonna go. Ah oh, shit! If I punch this guy or girl. Oh, so, or like just politely decline whatever I might not get any work in this particular field or whatever this is someone at a record label this is someone who uh, runs a radio station this is someone who you know is an A&R there's all these urban myths or well they might be real these kind of stories about people at record labels who are kind of coercing if, Le- if, Leo, if Leo Cohen tickled your balls would you bang him? <laughs> 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 it's the language there. podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and but there's stuff like that, that, that no, no, no comment <laughs> I ain't got no album to put I'm safe I'm to do that but apparently that's like there's I never know whether it's just like a spooky story thing or whether it's actually yeah. like there's, there's people coer- there's there's people coercing young artists into doing stuff they don't want to do because it's implied that like you're done in this town if you don't mm-hmm I mean, we saw what happened to Terry Crews. I mean, it's not quite the same, yeah. but yeah. That's the reason I made the whole tickle your ball joke. I see what you mean. Yeah. Shout, All shout out Terry. Said, though, even people living between regular checks at regular jobs under, under, could be said to be under similar constraints, though. Like, you're not going to pipe up if you're going to lose your like, yeah. regular yeah. income. Like, it's, 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 it's tough all the way around, but I do understand what you mean. The, 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 the power dynamic is unique in the music industry, for sure. Also, with, with the music industry, quite unlike a lot of other industries, is a lot of people get into it quite young. Yeah, so, which means that they should be way better safeguarding than there actually is, which is currently zero. You know. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, everyone's young and excited and happy to, particularly at that point in time, you are gassed to be in any part of it and stuff. That goes over time, and it just it gets more about you know doing the work yeah, properly. Get, get jaded. But yeah, but you think there's so much stuff. There's so many opportunities you're willing to grab for free and all that stuff. And yeah, that that is so easily manipulated. Is 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 dark and. Maybe it's the wrong thing to do. Sometimes I just try and not think about it because I hear stuff. Like, being a represent is girls ranging from like 17, 18 to 25. And every, every single one of them, they've, they've had, we've had conversations in the room about all sorts. And yeah, they are constantly like having to tread carefully about 
the jobs they're taking on and stuff like that because they, they have to be sure that it's not just someone disguising just oh, I'm just trying to link this girl or whatever mm. and even if they're not being manipulative in their head they just kind of be like oh you know it's, it, they might see it as completely innocent it's just yeah they're, you're abusing your kind of right I've got something to offer this young person mm. and I'm going to hopefully try and get something else out of it it's you're putting them in a that. very I'm uncomfortable about, position I'm talking about random photographers and people people who might be like nobody to the outside world imagine you're solo four five you've just come off a stage and you're like cool like they're, they're girls backstage and uh yeah you know let's get some drinks down them. yeah they're here they want to party let's see where this goes and like, oh, what you want to leave why and like that's someone and i'm, I'm thinking about that that's there are people like that who aren't as fucked as solo four five i'm thinking like that yeah you're thinking like well they probably are as fucked yeah, yeah and so like yeah, I think sometimes, yeah, don't underestimate how vulnerable some people are in those situations. Just as simple, something as simple as just being backstage. It's just like, it's a messy, the, the dynamic is a bit messy. It's, it's, a, it's a hazardous place. People, don't, yeah, people yeah. don't understand how dangerous that situation can be yeah. for people. It's true. All right, so um, I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm going to own up. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to listen to Octavian the Future Rari. So you just had your you just had your first listen to that. What's Bola, what's your what's your first impression? Um Oh sorry you're chewing, I beg your pardon. I'm so sorry, I'm just eating a sandwich. That's all right. Skip breakfast. Um Yeah. What's even feature and feature? I liked it. I liked it. I like I like features a bit a lot. Yeah, I would say I would I would cut the first 30 seconds or whatever that kind of intro is on it, yeah. it feels very incongruous and then the rest it did just feel like a future record to me yeah but like I mean like you said with the first bit that's like it was a completely different song yeah usually they skip up for the end I don't know maybe doing the whole Travis Scott thing and then in two sounds I don't know but um, when the one song was fully going I thought like they did kind of have a decent chemistry together right. sounding that sounded kind of decent together that it didn't sound out of place at all you're right it did sound more like a future song I don't know if that's just because maybe I'm more acclimatized to future on those records. Because to me, I, 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 my my thing with Octavian is, I I thought I knew what he was, and then I didn't. I, I still don't know what he is. So party here, I was like, okay, count me interested. Mm. And then that tape came with the kind of swords across, yeah. and I like one or two things on there, but I was just like, I, I'm not. I don't know where. I don't know what this is. And then suddenly, he's like, there's Octavian statues in Times Square. There's there's. Like say, a it, lot of money. It, it, is he is, is he signed to Black Butter or? I think he's signed to Black Butter. Yeah, but um, like he's one of like I think Virgil Abloh loves him. Okay, so there's been this kind of yeah. I think it's the Off White store possibly or Supreme store in in. The, so there's like you see there he's like he's got his Supreme show and stuff. He's immediately gone into that fashion stuff as quickly as possible. They're yeah. branding him as like a this alt rapper. And to be fair to him, so the video here, I don't think you see a lot of UK rappers touching that kind of theme and, and concept executed well as well. I think it looks great and it's he's going in for that kind of arty. You know what we were saying about earlier? About he, he's Rocky. always been arty. Yeah, it's like ASAP Rocky been. being in magazines and stuff yeah. like that. Octavian is going to be that guy if he isn't already. Definitely. Um, but musically, the music can be so kind of all there and everywhere. I never know what I'm getting with him. And that's sometimes that's a good thing, but I have never been sold on like that I would love to hear more of that not for a long time with him okay do you like Papi Shula with Skepta no you didn't like I thought, it I, thought oh, that wow. I didn't like that song at all. I liked it a lot I'm so surprised yeah. okay I, I was gonna say if it sounded more like a future record I, I hear that to an extent because future is like 
purely trap. Octavia's really comfy not, on not, trap. Not music, just purely trap though. It's just like a Hendrix song. You think so? Yeah. It's got that. It's got. It's got those liar elements like to kind it. Of like R and B. I know. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Hendrix. There's Hendrix, a lot. A lot. Of the large majority of Hendrix is more R and B than that though. But I hear what you, I hear okay. what you mean. I like I like Hendrix a lot. I, I I wouldn't be unhappy with it on there to be fair. But um, Octavian does his thing. A very catchy chorus. Like I don't I don't I don't mind yeah, his yeah. performance. Like they, there was synergy there. They worked they worked well together. In terms of this kind of the finish you talked about, Octavian's occupying a unique space. I think in that in that sense, like he's not too like if you try to think of his stance, all that extracurricular, the fashion, hmm. the kind of like it's hard to place him in the scene. But he actually he's, he's a really special guy though. Yeah, like who links up with Skepta? I mean, his two songs of Skepta for me are both bangers. What's the other one um, with um? Bet, bet. Bet's, bets are hard. That was the, the I went to the Skepta show. Is it this year? The one at Olympia in West London, the random venue. The biggest reaction the whole night was when Octavian came out for Bet. I bet. And I was like, okay, fair enough. Mm. But I just, yeah, I just, I'm just, cause, yeah, because he say he's got that space mm. while also not being critically acclaimed either. I mean, he's kind of critically acclaimed. He, I think he's critically acclaimed. He's not, I, he hasn't got that mainstream, that, that like, cultural he's not, a, he's, not like, he's, a, he's not a Mercury guy. Or that was he not up for it though? Oh, I don't think he's ever, I don't think he's ever put our project eligible, I don't think. I think as soon as he does, he'll be eligible. I think he'll be right. that kind of guy though. The party here not like get nominated for something. I'm sure. Hmm, maybe not. But yeah, like it's not like a, I just yeah. He he is just this. He's around it. He's not necessarily like right. I'm gonna do the people he does songs with. Yeah, he's not a right a Stormzy Dave guy. He's not the bait. He's like just the people that are a bit more aesthetically like yeah. in tune with what I'm into and what like what sets off my mood board or whatever. Having said that. Maybe because I'm cynical, I'm a cynical bastard. What we were talking about earlier about the I've got a bizarre from D12 thing or like okay. the difference between who Skepta reaches out to and stuff. Skepta going to Octavian makes sense. I think Octavian going to Future is just the kind of thing of... Okay. Is it because I've got the money? Yeah. Future and Quavo are always red flags to me in terms of like, you've got a song with them too. That means nothing to me. Or yeah. a little baby even like, it doesn't mean anything to me that you've got them on your songs because you can throw the right money and they will do it no, no matter who yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah, I get you. I get yeah, you. But I still wouldn't put a future in the same bracket as, as Quavo. That, that Quavo's thing, outrageous. But, yeah, Quavo yeah, is the, the king of that. Like, it's 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 just, it's oh, crazy how much yeah. he would just go, yeah, fuck it. Here's like, here's, a, here's an eight or 16. With future, because I don't really get what Octavian is in whether he's, Again, I say I keep referring to that statue in Times Square. It just rattled me. I don't know how what his kind of place is over there. Yeah. So I don't know if if Future is seeing him in these kind of spaces and stuff. I'm going like this guy seems cool, like mm. or whatever, because it's equally plausible that it's just the kind of like uh, we got. I can I cut a check and we can For get. Sure. I mean, part of here, Blue was a Drake. Future's quite close to Drake. That, yeah, know. that was a that was yeah because that was his yeah that did have a big Drake endorsement, didn't it? I don't feel like this song sounds like that at the very no, least. No, no, close. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like yeah. even regardless of how, how it came about, yeah. like- it, They've made it work. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it, it did also make me think, how much money does Black Butter have? Mm. I mean, we did, we just saw that like, Relentless um, put out a song with Hedy and fucking Drake. I don't know how much that would have cost. If yeah. it was free on the arm, I doubt it. It's I'm sure funny, it cost, right? cost something. I looked at the credits of that. It's billed as, um, let me read it so I don't get it wrong. Is it? it it's billed as OVO licensed to Relentless. Now, normally that would say to me, OVO is a is a label or imprint on Relentless, but what is what that sounds to me because we know that's not the case. They bought it for some time. It's almost like Drake has gone. When you get me on a tune and you're not that sort of artist that pays me for the feature, yeah, like it's a kind of single arrangement where 
it's still our thing. It's still over you, but you're, you're, you could sit next to us. Mm. And the license will suggest that it's not forever necessarily. Yeah, either, yeah I mean? like, like, they can have it for a bit and then it comes and then back to me 100%. Over, yeah, over you. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I wonder how that even works. So I guess Heady, I guess Heady split is off of the views and off of like, and, and a certain stream split and that's it, I guess. So. <clears throat> oh, mate, you better put it on the album. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. What was the point I was going with that? Was that, um, I forgot what you could, before I said that, I can't remember what you said now. Um, well, okay. So, oh, Black Butter, yeah, Hassan, Young T, and Bugsy. That's alone, that's there's some budget made there. I think you think Hus, Hus was a number one album without any promo, yeah, any videos for a label on a label's cut. They've saved themselves hundreds of thousands of pounds. Then it's like because all the money went to paying future. I don't know, <laughs> yeah, but even the, the Young T, Young T, and Bugsy just consistently getting like top 20s now, yeah, like. That alone, I'm not saying, yeah. I don't know how much a future... Slow ties on there as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, so there's... they got stuff to play around with. If they want to build Octavian into what they want him to be, that check can be cut. Or they, I think they... To, if you sign Octavian, you, I presume you get what he is. You're not trying to make him something he's not. Mm. So, and I think working with a future makes, so it makes sense. And it's not just the kind of... Whether it is for him or not, it's different. But I think, yeah, they're seeing the vision of what what Taven is supposed to be in the future makes it's worth cutting that he makes some off. sense like, I, yeah. I would definitely say that the Octavian does go into that the trap category and not trap category sorry the alternate category yeah, definitely yeah. and um, future is fucking versatile enough to also be kind of alternate mm. like he's definitely trap but he doesn't make the same trap as everyone else no um, yeah. does his own thing yeah and, it, and sometimes you know I, I'm, 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 cr- I'm capable of overthinking these things if, uh, if, if you can if, if you want to make a song Future is a fucking hero to a lot of people at this point in time. Especially a musician. Sometimes it might just be like, I've got this tune in. I've got the ops. There's like an email that says like, oh, so-and-so is available. Or, or do you want to get in the studio? Mm. I can introduce you. You've, you've bigged up Future enough rooms that someone has said, I can get you. I can get you in a room with you if you want. Or I can get you an email to management. You might just think, fuck it. Like, yeah. No, like, fuck not, yeah. I've got a record that I would love to hear him on. Mm. Unless, unless your name's Dig That and then you're just like pissing it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know. Um, all right, so you've actually gone over like two hours, so I think we should probably stop. But like that was sick. We had more to talk about. Um, I've worn doll dropped hurting. Did you guys have anything, anything pressing to say about that? No, nothing no. pressing. It could wait. Nothing, 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 nothing majorly pressing. I mean, like complex, complex. But did an interview with her recently called yeah. her like Queen of Drill and stuff. And huh. I'm fascinated because to me, I, I'm I'm that person that I close the door on people when. It's unfairly, but like when someone who has done stuff outside music comes and does music, it feels inauthentic. Yeah, I'm immediately like, cool. That's for their fans. When it, if it's actually good or whatever, I'll I'll come, I'll be late to the party happily. Mm. And the Ivorian doll thing, I've just had to pay attention to really because I think she's got enough about her. I'm not gonna go into those lazy types of like maybe she doesn't write it or all that stuff. But I've been enjoying it, and the records are hard enough that like. I would rather hear you know we're talking about about Stormzy earlier. I'd rather hear some. I'd rather hear I do Vorin Doll in the club than fucking some heavy as the head or own it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yo, that was language podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for next. So you're gonna actually gonna delve into this deeper because I like that Joe. Mm. Hopefully, if you're about come through again. Yes, yeah, this this pandemic, man. I've got some some time on my hands, so maybe yeah, they'll come back on. This Sweet, bro. We appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. Guys, um, fella, any, any any closing words? No, I just love for coming down. It's been quite a conversation. No, I appreciate still. it. Likewise, man. Cool. Peace. Episode 26, 27, whatever it is. Ciao.